Hello and welcome to episode 368 of the Awesome Comics Podcast, the place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise. I'm Vince Hunt and joining me as always is the creator of the webcomic Vanguard, Dan Butcher. Hello. The UK's number one B. Arthur cosplayer, Tony Esmond. Who's B. Arthur? One of the Golden Girls, sort, sort it out. Oh yeah, that's alright. And this week, he returns. He's it's back. Our, it's our very own Barry Gibb, Lord of the Drink and Draw. <laughs> Mr. Very Tom cute. Curry. Hello, Tom. Hello. I'm like a venereal disease. I won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> you can get rid of some of them. You can. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you want to get that AIDS again. Nah, that's on. a fucking dark joke. That so. is. That is <laughs> I tell you what, right, <laughs> right out the gate. Oh. Right out the gate. How many seconds did we did we make it until we got to there? Yeah, but, my, my, my bum hole twitched a bit when you said that. I thought, oh, has he gone there? He's yeah. gone there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, we we hope. Thank uh, you. Where as we're speaking at the moment, it is the middle of July in the UK. Um, for those people who are checking out the sort of what do they call it when uh, the time capsules? If this is a time capsule. Currently, we are <laughs> four white men just sweating our asses off. <laughs> you three, yeah. three invests. I'm in yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I've had to, I've had to free Brian and Pascal. They were just, yeah, it was too hot. Tony is proper winning the pooing it right now. He's a winning the poo mm-hmm. cosplayer. Um, completely, <laughs> completely bottomless. Um, but, but as always, we are here to talk about comics. Damn the sun! It will not stop us. Although by the end of the show, it's almost may, dark now. To we, be fair, we, yeah. we may be talking absolute nonsense. Dan, I know is uh, maybe. I mean, I mean, Dan. Why? I don't know why you're recording from a sauna. Oh, um, mate. Just uh, Dan. He's already broken. Dan is already broken. You wouldn't know there's hot weather though, because it's not mentioned on social. No, yeah, it's not mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Pretty subtle. Yeah. I'm mm. scouring the news for mention of it, but they don't fucking yeah. say anything, <laughs> do they? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I don't leave my house anyway, so I'm unaware of what weather is. But we do <laughs> so know what I'm... comics are. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we're going to curry turn... tonight. What? Why? Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. put the toilet roll in the fridge yeah. for the morning. We're oh. having two portions of curry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and the ibuprofen gel. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, that, goes on, sure that, goes you... on, that goes on a lot anyway. That's make sure you don't get the, that and the deep heat mixed up, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? Spray else? deep heat on my hand just to make it oh, God. Well, oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Keep going. You know Keep what going. else Keep is. Going. Do you know what else soothes, what, yeah. what, what else soothes the soul? It's always your anus. Um, it's Not our lovely soul. sponsor, the Comic House. Hey. Um, hello, Comic House. Um, please forgive us for our sins. <laughs> it's going off script, Dan. <laughs> I don't have a script. People think I just made this up on the spot. Comic House, is, Comic House is an indie market, comic marketplace with a difference. Look, I'm trying to read the words that I've written down. The, um, there's a huge selection of titles on their database. And uh, if you self-publish, you can list your book on there. And start, it's another avenue to start getting your work out to a whole new audience. And Comic House loves indie comics as much as we do. And that's why they've only got and made an app. Did you know that? Yep. We yeah. got free access. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look, look, don't. Well, obviously, <laughs> they sponsor us. Um, but yes, it's basically Netflix for comics, only £3 a month, or whatever your currency happens to be, because it is available yen. worldwide. Yen, could be yen. Mm. Um, 
it could be. I'm not gonna. I can't think of currencies right now. Krona. But, but um, Corona. That's a that's a nice lager. That's a currency in yeah, South London. Put, put a lime in it. Anyway, um, for only £3 a month, you get access to an enormous library of digital indie comics. It's being added to all the time. And there's all kinds of stuff on there, such mm. as Dan. Well, I've just been looking at the top comics on the uh, Comic House fan. And obviously, there's a Red Sonja fan. Uh, on oh, there I saw because, someone's going through the Red Dams. I, yeah. I was reading through some of them recently as well. The yeah. top, in the top 20, there's 10 Red Sonja titles. How so, good uh, are they, though? Some of them are good. Some of them are not. The recent stuff, I've dropped Red Sonja from my pool list, full, full, full disclosure, in the last two weeks because they just, they had like six ongoings. For, for and, me, for yeah. me, that's a title um, that I think, oh, we're going off the, the ad already, um, but, that, but Red Sonja is a title that its covers never really indicate what the comic is. No, not because, at all. No. Because the covers mm-hmm. are just... Mm-hmm. Cheesecake. Completely interchangeable. Yeah, you have to look to see who's drawing it. Someone it. like Mirko Kolak or someone like that drawing it, brilliant. Some of them are like, nah. I would what's going I on? would really like to see some actually sort of examples of what's going on from issue to issue, you know, like yeah. like like a mm-hmm. maybe like a pulp you know. Yeah, when she start, when they, they they did Hell Sonya, which was rubbish. They did one where she hangs out with Betty and Veronica. That wasn't very good. You know, but there's some that are good. But I just okay. got sick of it. I just got sick of like there'd be one out of the Four books that came out that month, or well, five books that came out that month, that was any good. And I thought, I'm not taking a chance anymore. I'm just going to buy off the shelf from now on. There yeah. was the title that pop jumped out to me on the top 20, and I clicked on it. I've not seen this come before. Eponymous, by, uh, written by Mike Garley in the. That's weird. Ah, yes. I, re- I read that this mm. week because it's, um, it's a possible yeah. future guest. Mm. One, of, one of their yeah. uh, their earliest. I've got I've, I've got, not, I, I've got a copy of that on my shelf. I've never that? seen I that, read that. I read that two days ago. Yeah. How weird that, is I'm that? I've not seen it. That, I'm going to have to yeah. read that. That was the first thing. First thing I read there is the first time I ever met them. Um, got a copy of it. It's, uh, it's that it's, cover's it's, lovely. Yes, yeah, I read great. it as part of possible research. Yeah, mm, you know what? Yeah. And I can read it on the Comic House app. There oh. you go. And so, good luck to Martin this week because the eyes. Yeah, good luck. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's Friday night US bill for us. It'll yeah. be Saturday morning. Yeah. So good luck to him, man. So um, yeah, so go forth and read that and lots of other things. And if you want to find out more about a fourteen-day free trial and mm. get stuck into that app, then go to comichouse.com. Talking of Eisner Awards, oh, yeah, noms, yeah. noms, yeah. nom noms. Um, we have a, ret- a, a returning guest in a kind of way. Hmm. Um, he was only on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Tony bumped into a very talented creator recently at Heroes Con. Got a got a short interview, and we were like, "Got to have more of this." Yeah. And uh, Tom, finally, finally, the book that you have constantly been telling us <laughs> to read gets <laughs> the spotlight. Took some notice. Isn't yeah. that funny? The way books get recommended to us, and we don't read them, do we? Sometimes, <laughs> and then it, it takes something else to happen for yeah. me or Tom or anyone at one of us to yeah. go. I told you about that fucking book. Yeah. Yeah. I've been telling you about that book yeah. before. Yeah, you know, it's like that. This, I mean, yeah. this this whole episode could be called uh, Tom saying, "I told you so." <laughs> I told you so. Uh, no, it all um, curry. That's what I'm yeah. calling this episode. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know. No, but we are of course talking about the brilliant webcomic, The Middle Age, and uh, we had the the absolute pleasure to talk to its creator. So um, we'll get into all the the comic talk and everything afterwards because this is too good to. Yeah. To leave you waiting on. So um, here is our chat with the one and only Steve Conley. 
Okay, this week we're joined by the creator of the long-running and hugely successful webcomic, The Middle Age. Um, you may have heard him for a little bit um, on, a, on a show a couple of weeks ago, if you're a weekly listener. Um, but we've got him here properly to just yep. throw questions at him for a good hour. It's our pleasure to welcome Steve Connolly to the show. Hello, sir. Hey, everybody. Hey, Steve. man. Hello. The last time I saw you was in uh, Carolina. That's how cool we are. <laughs> it was, yeah, we're, we see each other all the time now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> every month. <laughs> I mean, there is a thing like when a, when a comics creator meets another comics creator, then they're friends for life. Isn't that how it works? I think that's how not it works. always with me. To no. be fair, no, 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 no true. <laughs> yeah. the beginning of the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really f- mess up Christmas card lists after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, do you not get Christmas cards? <laughs> um, let's not talk about that. Um, but. Of course, let's start with this because obviously um, you have a. The Middle Ages has been going for a, a little while now, um, and we'll get into what it's about um, shortly. But first, I'd like to ask what was the um, Heroes Con experience like for you as a webcomic creator? It's it was great. Um, I love that show. First of all, thanks uh, for having me on. I, as I mentioned, uh, I think Cliff, our mutual yeah. uh, friend, Cliff, has uh, turned me on to the podcast. Oh, nice years man. ago, I'm a regular listener, so it's weird to hear you guys Thanks, talking Steve. without the comic house preamble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want you to sit through that, Steve. We do, we, we do Netflix for comics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, Heroes Con is great. They they treat the creators very very well. It's a show that loves comics. It's not a pop culture event. It doesn't have media guests. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but. It really celebrates comic art. It's yeah. challenging as a web cartoonist because a lot of the people who come to that event are really comic book fans. Hmm. They might be there's a lot of OA and stuff like that, isn't there? There's that sort of little crowd. Yeah, it, it's more. It really represents like a comic book shop in terms of its yeah. demographics. It's largely DC and Marvel. You know, if you are a Marvel and DC creator, you're going to have a huge line, and if you're anybody else, you really have to. You're introducing yourself. Um, yeah, a lot of men of a, of a certain age. As well as that one, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, is that because that's? The, I know you were just saying to us, you 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 live in Florida, it is, so it's probably your biggest near nearest big one to you. I'm guessing, is, it, is that right? Yeah, there's also the MegaCon in Orlando, right. but that's currently I guess a fan expo show now, and I haven't done it since it changed hands. Um, I, I've heard it's better now. I think it, it was right. going through a, a rough patch where it was it turned from uh, the previous owners who were very comic centric to the new owners, which were like. Uh, very bringing in everybody, just you know, bringing in celebrities and hobbits and uh, Doctor Who extras and things like that. And uh, but I guess it's it's getting better and better. But I also I've also heard horror stories about people who get set up in Artist Alley and nobody comes by. And right, I don't know. I don't know. No, but but Heroes <laughs> Con in terms of the comic book shows that are in America, Heroes Con, Baltimore Comic Con, SPX, a small press expo. Um, those are really comic friendly. Shows. Yeah, I fancy Baltimore. I've got to say, yeah, that's a good one for art, as, as I hear it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it's. I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Baltimore and Heroes Con, the showrunners for those events, the owners of those events, own comic book stores. Yeah. Uh, whereas some of the other ones are all owned by media companies and yeah. things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. No, I, I certainly uh, I found it really, really fun and very sort of inspirational for just all kinds of comics. There, I really, I really did dig it. Yeah, it's a very good, man. Um, although it did give me COVID. Other than that, I found it was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if I gave it to you. 
Was it, <laughs> have you had it since, man? Have you? Or? No, no. I, oh, I, you've I, done all right. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so good. I'm going to be the last one in Florida without it. <laughs> <laughs> so I say, so uh, Web Comparators, what did you bring to the table for this? Call? Yeah. I have some print collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, which were kickstarted. I've got a uh, two hardcover collections, volume one and volume two. Basically, collect the first four and the next four chapters of the story. Mm-hmm. They also have a single chaptered book, kind of a sampler. If people, you know, if they've run out of money because of all the great artists already at the show, by the time they get to my table, often they're like, you know, they've got nothing left, or they're trying to save five bucks for lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've got like a, a single chapter edition, these collections, and then I was also I've also got like enamel pins stickers small things and then now little miniatures uh, which i know we've oh i saw this yes yeah so this is important isn't it because this is a big project at the moment isn't it yeah it's it's a it's weird because it is (laughs) it looks like more work than a graphic novel because it's just not what we do you know we do graphic novels and we like to forget how much damned work goes into every page yeah uh these things take far less time than four pages of a comic and four of them so basically less than the less effort that would go into producing a comic book is producing these things from you know i I sculpt them on an ipad i work with vendors and we did a little kickstarter to make them happen they're basically D &D sized minis little sculptures of the characters from the middle age again my webcam absolutely gorgeous by the way yes it's a great idea really well done yeah so thanks what was the process from going from the like the model on the ipads to production like i mean i wouldn't even have an idea where you'd go for something it was a learning curve. It was a, because when you're working in the iPad, I use a program called Nomad Sculpt, which I recommend to everybody to try out. And I feel like wow. cartoonists have an advantage because we're not, you know, we, we've, we've drawn enough hands, we've drawn enough feet, faces. We're not as terrified. We go into the form, you know, we go into the, the program and we've got all this, we've got years of experience in what things should look like. And Nomad Sculpt is a basic, uh, sculpting program it doesn't have all the bells and whistles of like maya and all these other high-end things which cost way more money this costs 15 bucks Uh, okay and so the process you basically export the thing the file that once you're finished rendering it and the program has a a thousand levels of undo that's how forgiving it is Uh, (laughs) uh, god bless the undo god bless Uh, it so so much so you get the file where you roughly like it no, when, it, when you're happy with it and you export it as a certain file format, an STL, there's a program called Mesh Mixer, which is an intermediate step, which I recommend. It basically goes through your model and can scan it. It takes probably like half an hour on my desktop computer to go through the whole thing and look look for all the problem areas, all the little things where the geometry is intersecting the wrong way, the kind of thing that would choke a computer. Um, and it goes through and cleans the thing up and... Um, and then once I have that file, that's, it also brings the file size down greatly. And then I can send that to a vendor who can resin print it. Like anybody who's got, there's like, there are a few hundred dollars now, these resin printers. I just can't do it because I'm in an apartment. You need mm. decent ventilation. Yeah, because mm-hmm. okay. 3D printing has changed the game for so yeah. much stuff. But when I've seen people go, oh, I've just, you know, YouTube videos of, I've just bought, got myself a new 3D printer. And it looks like you're there in a lab with all these rubber gloves and all these masks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm doing that. I'll kill myself. If I try yeah. to do that. You're, you're a part chemist and part engineer. And, yeah. and so that's sort of why I, it's, well, it's nice. So these vendors have a, so anyone is good at it. And there's a vendor I've been using, I found through Etsy and they produce one-offs, little 3D prints. They're called Simon's Magic Shop, and they're lovely, and they have their own website. And um, 
But then once that model came back and I didn't hate it, I liked it so much. I'm like, okay, how do I mass produce these? And then I, at that point it became researching who are the vendors, much like when you're making a comic. Yeah. Who are the printers who can do these things and make them feel like comics and not make them feel like they're, they're, they're incorrect. You know, you get a comic sometimes and it doesn't feel like a comic. It feels mm-hmm, like, yeah. I don't know, a menu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, very true. And so these, these uh, vendors, I talked to a few, I found one I liked. They were very responsive. They, the first guy, the first, again, I'm not a mini sculptor. And I've learned a lot along the way. These are my first five sculpts I've ever made. Uh, a lot of minis that you see are basically flat because they know how molds work. They're designed to work with a mold. It's got a, you know, one half the molds on the bottom, other half goes on top. You fill it with whatever's going to solidify, whether it's metal or resin or plastic or something. And then you pull the two halves of the mold apart and you, you know, you've got your, your mini. Mine were too complicated. I had lots of overlapping shapes and holes in the shape. So it's impossible to put these in a single piece. So they'd have to be, they basically have to be little kits, tiny model kits. Um, And that's what these guys, this particular vendor Trenchworks was really good at. And so they took my model, they sliced it into pieces. So they say, okay, this is how it should break if we want to make these things. Mm-hmm. So it's got that kind of like almost a lot of Warhammer 40,000. I think they do a similar sort of thing. Don't yeah, they? Yeah, Warhammer, they, you put two or three bits together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it's it's that level of... Yeah, and I, that was one of the reasons why with my Kickstarter, I did a Kickstarter to make them. And I really cautioned people saying, these are not sculptures you just pull out of a box. These are activity kits. You're going mm-hmm. to spend mm-hmm. an hour putting these things together. Yeah. So I mean, they're amazing. But what are these kits of? Yes. Um, for those lovely people out there who will discover the middle age this this episode just take us oh back man to the i beginning. tore through it this week yeah, i absolutely it's, loved it's it so yeah. good and everyone you need to check this out but um what is the middle age uh, you must get asked this so many times but um what is what is your pitch for want of a better word what the hell are you doing uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's usually how it's uh, phrased but uh it, it's a uh, the story of a knight who is in love with a dragon and has a cursed sword which hates him. It's a fairly one of, silly... One of my favorite characters in comics now, that sword. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> yeah. Carry really? On. Carry on. Oh, that's yeah. yeah, within the first two pages, I thought, I'm going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it was a story. It's a, basically an epic story, this epic adventure of this knight on this vague quest who has got a cursed sword and... I won't get into spoilers and stuff, but essentially the this normally when you pick up a sword, you you a cursed sword, you are now cursed with the sword. The cursed sword in this situation is stuck with him. It's not the other way around. He doesn't the sword is cursed to be stuck with our hero, Sir Quimp, who's kind of a bumbling knight. And uh the sword doesn't want to be there. He's very unkind, a real jerk. And uh it was I didn't know if, how long this project would last. I've done a lot of webcomics over the years, and I never know if this is gonna be something I'm gonna get to work on for a year, two years, six months, you know, the rug can be pulled out from under me at any time. Mm. And so I thought this could start as a gag comic. Let me just have these two riffing. It's Blackadder and Baldrick. It's, uh, uh, you know, Fry and Laurie. Uh, it's very, uh, the two of them. So, do- so middle-class references. There, <laughs> <laughs> this is for the That's young. Fine. This is for the this young. This is for people. the English. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Interrupts you. Well, uh, but it's, uh, it's very silly, and I, I didn't know how long it would last, but then I mean, almost immediately I found myself with Patreon support, and as soon as I had that, that sort of changed everything because 
now I had people. I had an audience who I had to deliver for. And that kept me going. And even during the pandemic, where I thought for sure, as people were losing their jobs and the future became incredibly uncertain, I thought for sure they would fail necessarily. And I wouldn't fault them for it. But I found I only lost a couple of people and they kind of helped keep me going throughout mm -hmm. those years. Um, but it's a very silly story. Okay, that's a pretty dramatic <laughs> turn. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's a very silly story. We've got a lot of we got a lot of background characters like Melvin the Magnificent, who's an intoxicomancer. He's a, a sort of drunken master of the mystic arts. We've got mm -hmm. a baby, a couple of baby dragons. Um, we have our hero's love. Uh, it's it's I don't know, all very silly. And uh, it's gotten an Eisner two Eisner nominations now. A couple. Yes, of I saw that, man. Congratulations. One was last That's year, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that changed it too. That happened in the first year. I thought there's no way anyone's going to pay attention. And I, I thought I had done a comic ages ago called Astounding Space Thrills. And I thought maybe that might, would have been my high watermark, or that would have been the thing people might have known me for. Image published a few issues. And I thought, okay, everything after, after this, I'll just be, you know, I don't know. Uh, a local a local musician who plays the local tavern and that's yeah. plenty um but uh this thing is sort of taken off very surprisingly do you oh, mind trying to find george Allen a little bit because you mentioned on the um it starts you want to start almost like a gag strip but something that's quite interesting about the middle age is how it mixes both the gag strip the short form gag strip script to also a longer form story as well mm. i just wonder where the idea from that came from or what your yeah it there's a question was, in there somewhere <laughs> no, that's a great question because it's it was about the format because it's a web comic and because each episode has to stand alone and hold an audience's interest a week at least a week hmm. maybe it, that there has to be enough of a punch in every single episode whether it's a cliffhanger or a gag or something to make it worth coming back for a week later i feel like every page is me desperately holding on to my audience like i've got to give them something otherwise they're going to walk away uh, and so that's why it, every one of them, they don't always, they don't have the same cadence. Cause I was concerned about when people read it later or binge it later in a collection that it didn't feel like 100 knock, knock jokes that the, you, you'd get yeah. sick of the cadence so quickly, uh, if it was all the same. So things had us, I have to mix things up. It has to, I go into one, sometimes it's a visual joke. Sometimes it's a, I don't know, just a Lewis Carroll again, aiming for a very young audience. Uh, <laughs> it's like just riffing on the Jabberwocky or um, mm -hmm. or just insult comedy, where it's just the sword <laughs> taking our hero down yet another peg. Okay. Which is always yeah. good. Because it's, uh, yeah, it has that, um, it's, it's like the, the rhythm that we're used to with the sort of the newspaper strips. Do you know what I mean? It, it, like web comics take on that, you know, they've sort of inherited the mantle of what were the Sunday funnies or, you know, what we saw in in our daily newspapers. Because, um, I mean, I haven't read a newspaper strip in oh so many years. But I think through my form formative years of reading that, there's there's a there's a rhythm there's a balance into that sort of like three four panels like mm. like that telling of a joke um whether it be a, a jokey comic or a serious comic like like dan's vanguard it's sort of there's a rhythm to it isn't there with a with a web comic like you say you have to sort of hit a note so that people come back the next week or whenever the, the next sort of chapter is like Tom said, yeah, doing the kind of the, the three or four panels or each one that that self-contained, mm. but also works into a larger story is a real skill. 
Dave. So I've got, I've got to take my hat off to that. Yeah, has to have enough, of, like enough of a punch that they'll exactly. people will send yeah, yeah, their yeah, friends. Yeah. You know, I think Absolutely, that's the idea, yeah. isn't it? Especially yeah. in the earlier days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and the idea that any one of these could go could accidentally go viral. You know, I, I yeah. I've, I've given up. Every once in a while, one of them on Reddit will take off, and I'll be really surprised to see that. You know, and the next week I'll think, okay, this one's way better, and nothing will happen. So yeah. it's been <laughs> like that. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. we have that with the, the we have that with this podcast. Sometimes we get like huge figures, and we can't. You know, we get massive guests on. And they're the same as us going, oh, this episode's about us talking bollocks. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, can't figure it out. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 And but, go on, Tom. Oh, go on. Oh, okay. I was going to say, in terms of your, like, the long-term storytelling, how far out have you got that planned out? Is that a, you know, like when you started Jeff Holving set up, or has it been something that's been sort of developing, growing over time? It was that case of knowing where you're going the whole time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like a cross-country trip where I know at the end, I, at the end, I want to end up at this place. And I can take as many detours as I want, as long as I continually let the reader know here's where we're going and that we're where you know what the end goal is and i can i can lay in all these uh i don't know leading bits all these little clues as to where we're going mm, hopefully okay. I'm, I'm sort of writing it so that it can be reread the idea is i'd love yeah. a notion i love a comic where it's sort of like you know not I guess like a uh, fight club in a way where you can, what the second time you watch it, it's everything's recontextualized. Oh, we don't talk okay. about fight club. We don't talk about fight club. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, if, uh, if, uh, but the idea being that if people, people reread the yeah. story, I'm hoping that it will be recontextualized. It's suddenly, Oh, when he said this here, it meant that. And like, suddenly it's going to mm. feel more enjoyable. Yeah. Which leads right. into the print editions, doesn't it? Because it the people who buy your print edition, editions, yes. I'm, I'm guessing, are people who've read it often online, you know. I think so. And then there's also the the large audience that doesn't read web comics. Mm. You yeah. know, there's mm-hmm. a, a ton of people who just can't read it. They don't want to read it that way. They want to read it in a book. Oh man, they, that was me. That used to be me. I would have bought it. I wouldn't know a clue. Wouldn't have a clue how to find it. You know, but this is it's only this podcast that's got me reading web comics. Well, that and Dan, to be fair, you know. But it's kind yeah, of webcomics has always been a bit of a struggle, hasn't it? Like, uh, I, I don't know how you find Steve. Like, have you had to reformat your book for webtoons? Because I, oh, I, yeah. I know it's on there. Yeah. So it's kind of the, the next thing. And then you've got to go through your archives and do it all for webtoons oh, and something like that. I hate revisiting old work as well. It's, it's almost painful sometimes, isn't it? You know, as good as it may be with you guys, it's still like a chore, isn't it? Almost. It's weird. It's weird. There's a whole audience of new readers who mm. have only read, you know, with their thumb, you know, they're, they're scrolling upward and reading the whole story <laughs> that true. way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, but then there's a whole audience of people who just want the book. I, I, the reformatting thing, the first 50 or so pages episodes of my web comic, I didn't reformat it for webtoons and I did okay on webtoons. Uh, but when I went back and, and reformatted it, uh, the numbers there went up considerably. I think if, oh, if your stuff is page shaped on page one of, webtoons because every webtoon you go there it's really interesting a lot of web comics had the format where you go to the the front page of the web comics website and you'll see the latest episode whereas webtoons the first thing you see is an index and you're sort of invited to hit the hit the go to first episode button yeah yeah right. and because of that if your first episode isn't formatted in the way that that audience is accustomed to um you can lose a lot of people so mm. i mean even if you if you only reformat one yeah. I would say the first Re- one. The okay. Is that something I noticed? That's something you've got on the home page uh, of the Middle Age. You've got the two buttons: click here to read the very first, or re- click here to read the latest. Yeah. Was that something you picked up 
after the webtoons, or was that something you always had from the very beginning? It's something I always had from the beginning. I felt like the latest episode could contain a spoiler. It could have the characters in a whole new situation. And that's never stopped me. I mean, the first comic, first Spider-Man comic I had was like Peter Parker, number 18 Indeed. or something like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. It was a second part of a two-parter. And I'm like, who's Iceman? Who's Angel? Who are these people? And I loved all that stuff. But I feel like... Um, I feel like webcomic readers, you know, if you, you know, just make it easy for the, all the returning people go to the latest episode and all the new people, I, I have the front page littered with like the award logos and testimonials and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I, I, I must say, I looked at the front the homepage and thought, Oh, he's legit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the, that's, that's the false front I'm trying to yeah. put up there. <laughs> I'll see my friend. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. We, we, we were, so, one of the things we did notice um, is that you came out of the gate with the middle age, which which started in am I right? Yeah. Two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't remember who WhatsApp that. We were chatting in the WhatsApp about it yesterday or something, and someone yeah. said yesterday. I like, you know it's great from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's very ahead of the wave as well, Steve. Mm. Yeah. You know, of the sort of the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons as it is now. You know. Yeah, yeah that's totally fortuitous. I didn't know. It's, it's so it, the comic is six years old tomorrow. Uh, wow. The eighteenth. Um, and it was (laughs) again the thought was that the first episode is the one most people will read i also have a postcard that i hand out to people at conventions and on the back of it is that first episode and my thinking was Ah, that amazing if i can't get you from the first page then i'm not going to keep you you know this is my best that's a great use of postcards as well that is a fantastic use of postcards (laughs) it's still littering but i i Somebody will use it as a bookmark, Steve. Yeah. Somebody will remember. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it, with those postcards, I yeah. always think. Yeah. But obviously with the boom in like the fantasy genre and obviously Dungeons and & Dragons and et cetera, et cetera, you know, Game of Thrones was happening, you know, all of this stuff. One of the one of the things I, I like about this, there, there's no shortcut sort of nod to the reader. Oh, you know this reference. It's a world in mm-hmm. itself, isn't it? That's what I like about it. You know, you, you get lost in this world. Yes, if if you're familiar with these sort of genres and like tabletop role playing games or this fancy novel, your your brain might be more connected to it. But it it's more like it's about telling a fun story and then getting like, like all great stories really, just getting the reader just swept up in it. Was that always in was that important to you, like in your writing, not to do any shortcuts in terms of yes. like, pop yeah, culture and notices and stuff like that? That stuff's too. It feels like it's too easy, and it gets mm. old too quickly. Yeah. Um, there was a. I like the Bugs Bunny cartoons, the classic Bugs. You know, I never got. Uh, you know, they they would some clearly an actor from the '40s or something would come moseying onto the screen and talking to Bugs Bunny, and I was, you know, I guess that was. I don't get the reference, but it it was an excellent cartoon and it was a funny scene regardless of whether you know who this person is or not. And they might make references to uh, mythology or they might make references to an opera. I don't have to know those things to get the joke. And I feel like that was always the standard. Like it has to, it can, the joke can never rest on a reference unless it's to something within the story, you know, Um, it has to be self-contained, but I'll throw in, Mm. you know, an oddball reference to, you know, Danny Kaye's The Court Jester. No one's going to get it. You know, no one on earth. <laughs> but, um, I like that film, by the way. Yeah, Danny or, Kaye. Or, what, 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 what a pole, Danny Kaye, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or the Jabberwocky. Again, people mm. don't have to know um, that poem, but, 
you know, all they know is a wizard's talking funny. And that's 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 enough of a gag. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the jokes, I mean, as you're saying now, I immediately thought of like uh, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the singing sword. Mm. That's obviously mm. based on mm-hmm. uh, a, like, you know, a Frank Sinatra or like um, someone, someone like that. But you don't need to know that to get that joke. That joke is yeah. is pure pure in itself, isn't it? I mean, yeah. the sen- the sentient weapon thing is has become something of a, a trope with fantasy, isn't it? I've read three comics this week that have got a sentient weapon in them. Really? Incredible, okay. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> hmm. yeah. It's. Um, I'm not saying you. Uh, they've they've clearly copied you, Steve. Some sort of litigious action that I can get. No, no. <laughs> rewards I have from. a pile of royalty checks right next to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But it's it's such a great way to have a story, isn't it? You've got yeah. you've basically got two people discussing stuff who are going to be in every scene, aren't you? You know, and and it was the, the laziest option because it was. <laughs> I, I thought about okay, I'm going to do a web. So I, I do a comic ages ago called Astounding Space Thrills. There's a comic yeah. book version and a com- web comic version, and people presumed that I was repurposing one for the other, and they were always two different things because I felt okay, web comics do one thing well, and print does something okay. else. Okay, well. yeah, good yeah. point, and. So I'm working on comics for years. Some editor at uh, Go Comics, which is Andrews McMeal, they are a newspaper syndicate, said, hey, have you ever thought about doing a, wet, uh, a comic strip? And I was working on a book at the time, which was The Art of Richard Thompson. Richard Thompson was an amazing cartoonist, and he did the comic strip Cul-de-Sac, brilliantly funny. Oh, yes. Lost, yeah, lost him too soon. And uh, I was working on that book. And so I'm in this world, and it's of comic strips, and Richard Thompson's work is melting my brain because it's so funny. And uh, I said, okay, I'll try to do a comic strip. And so trying to figure out where, what's the best way to, so I decided I'm going to do this web comic and it's going to be self-contained. It's going to reach audiences, no matter what they get any of the references or not. It's going to be a long form story. So people have to go back and read the previous episodes in order to increase my page views. You know what I mean? Like there's, sure. there's a, the thought being mm-hmm. that if you do stand if you do a standalone comic, people can read the latest episode of Garfield or How to Cat or Sarah Scribbles. They think that's tasty. That was nice. And they're done. Mm. Whereas if it's an adventure mm-hmm. comic, they have to go back and read all the stuff that came before. So I thought, OK, that would be great for page views. That'll be great for all this stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm totally losing myself here. No, that's fine, man. No, it's interesting. Yeah, no, it's interesting what you're saying. But, yeah, yeah. but all those things contributed to, and, and so part of it was that, okay, how do I manage to maintain my schedule? I, you know, this comic isn't paying for itself. I've set up a Patreon. I've got three people supporting me and they're lovely, but how does this thing support itself? I'll have a character who's just standing there talking to his weapon. So I'd only, only have to draw one guy. And yeah. <laughs> there, so it came out of laziness. It came, his his short stature came out of the thought of this what could be in a newspaper comic at some point. So the character design was a lot of was okay. based on the shape of the panels. Mm. Um, oh, interesting. That, which immediately yeah. gave you because of the the design of him that gave you a like a fountain of jokes to pull mm. from as well. Some of the zingers that the sword says to him had me laughing out loud. I mean, they're horrible. fantastic uh yeah it's mean uh the sword is horrible but uh but he's also do do you feel uh, like you're getting something out of your system with this sword is there something you need to talk about yeah do you ever talk do you ever talk to your swords (laughs) oh and there's a lot of there really so again part of the the genesis of this was that you know authenticity is important writing what you know but i don't want to do anything autobiographical but i am middle-aged 
I I love the <laughs> fantasy genre. And there's a lot of an you know I'm getting fatter every day. You know I just can't help it. I, I try to you know I've I've tried we stay to stay off as long as we can, my friend. Uh huh. As long as I can. But at the same time, I just know part of it is you get older, you get content, you discover cakes that you love, and um, oh god, yeah. <laughs> and and so part of it was this you know I, there's a flashback where you see a younger fitter version of our hero um i i, I didn't i didn't want this comic strip ever to be about weight jokes i don't mind mm-hmm. a joke about indulgence and mm-hmm. i don't mind the sword being a jerk but i definitely don't want the sword to be a bully yeah okay but, you know what i mean this i'm walking a fine line here um but i the latest episode number 285 i just posted i rewrote it because the it was too mean yeah. Right. Was, okay. okay. I don't want to. I don't want to arm a bully with something I've written. You know, I don't want to give them material or ammunition that they yeah. can turn on somebody. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, one, one of the sort of, um, and it's funny you saying that sort of the black out of Baldrick sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get that straight away. Because oh, yeah. because straight away I can see and and the sword is black adder because some oh, yeah. of the, the zingers are that and now now that I'm I'm going to imagine those voices in my head um and i you know i've one of my favorite and it is like <laughs> when he's talking about the guy you were cre- like you were created in god's image if god were a potato that made me laugh <laughs> out loud oh yeah i remember that one now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i just thought god this is so good and then then the, the page ends with for a sword you really know how to hurt a guy and that's just a brilliant line to say to a sword because it's got so many <laughs> meanings to it. <laughs> yeah, that is hey, good. Yeah, so your influences then, because obviously you know yeah. you brought up some sort of English influences, but in terms of like you know comics or humour, what was it that you know? What are you drawing from for this? Uh, certainly Warner Brothers cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my favourite writer is probably Douglas Adams. Oh, good um, man. Mm, yeah. Good. You see that with my science fiction writing all the time. And so to me, this is how much of a novice I was in the fantasy world. Sure, I grew up with the Hobbit and um the Rankin Bass Hobbit specifically. The oh, yes, me too, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got the photo book of that, you know, with all the photographs in the book. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the the LP was something <laughs> yeah, that yeah. my mom would get out of basically if anyone else who grew up on Long Island in my town wanted that LP, it was not possible to get because every week I'd renew the I'd take it out again. I would take it out again. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I listened to it again and again and again. It's fantastic and burnt into my brain. Yeah. And then I got into science fiction, you know, Douglas Adams and Robert Sheckley, another favorite writer of yeah. mine who, um, uh, and I thought, you know what? I'll do, I'll do for fantasy what Douglas Adams did for, for sci-fi. I get a bit of um, Harry Harrison as well from you as well. And I had, and I had yeah. no idea who Terry Pratchett was when I started this project. Oh, and it okay, wasn't okay. until like three years ago, someone was like, you know who you'd really like? Terry Pratchett. And I pick up The Color of Magic. I start reading and go, I can't read this. I have to finish my story before I get to yeah. read. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it will change how I do everything. It will. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. It's like when you watch any of. Uh, uh, who's that? The guy from the West Wing and Newsroom. Aaron oh Sorkin. yeah, yeah. It messes up how you write dialogue. Uh, dialogue, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I really like if you I watch a science fiction TV show or anything like that. I thought that'd be a good idea to incorporate like into my comic. Yeah, no, don't. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know it exists, 
but you yeah. but there's really a flavor thing and you can see it would be like suddenly those two worlds would be merged in my brain and i, yeah. I want to get yeah. through mine and then i'm going to reward myself yeah. by reading the color of magic mm. yeah I mean, it, there are some real interesting visual clues of your comic that i i haven't really seen in other places for example an obvious one that comes to mind is the design of the dragons because they're almost they're quite cat-like in their design i had i got two kittens and <laughs> i just started drawing them as dragons as baby dragons and then naturally the dragons as you got older would look more panther like um and th that's all it came out of was these two kittens of mine and uh just drawing them as baby dragons adding the horn and turning the turning the ears the pointy ears into horns mm -hmm. okay <laughs> that's cool yeah, I, I, that's yeah cool. so good <laughs> i can see that now yeah i can look at that yeah and there's there's a there's a bone quality to it as well. Yeah, Jeff Smith mm. a little bit to me as well. Steve, was that an influence at all? Or absolutely, and and Walt Kelly, yeah. I okay. mean, massive influence. So my in terms yeah. of cartooning okay. influences, number one would have been Wally Wood. Um, okay, not like, the saucy stuff, my friend. We've all read that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of the curse was the main thing for me. There was a hardcover book from the library. I spent way too much time at the library as a kid. There's a hardcover book of the called uh, and at the library and had a collection of his story, The Curse, which Wally Wood wrote and drew. And it's gorgeous. Please check it out if you haven't seen it. Right, and it's got all his so tropes good. in there. And, uh, you know, and uh, it starts off with like a, a, a swamp scene. I think there's a, you know, an ogre looking character staring at a mostly naked blonde. Uh, all, all the stuff <laughs> you expect from Wally Wood. And uh, the forest is gorgeous and there's critters everywhere. And, um, I kind of hunted down his work ever since. Um, my work never looked that good. When I was drawing Astounding Space Thrills, I was trying to draw in that kind of Russ Manning, Steve Rude, Wally Wood style and never pulled it off. And it wasn't until I got to the middle age where through a, a number of turns, I started drawing in a much cartoon, much more cartoony way. I, at mm. some point I realized I can never draw like Steve Rude. I can't draw like, they. I don't have it in me. It's not my, but... I, I was trying, I spent so many of my years trying to draw like those guys, trying to be those guys. And now my only criteria is if I make myself laugh. I think and that's then, a very uh, important skill that a lot of creators should take to heart because it, it's a skill that I personally also struggle with because when I think of certain concepts or I think of certain ideas, I always think in my head, oh, yeah, brilliant if it would look, if it could look like this. And then you try emulating that and you're just like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And then you beat yourself up about it. There's a real, yeah. to find that moment where, where you're like, this is my style. I'm going to do this. And find a confidence within what you can do, I think is something that a lot of artists, you know, hopefully pay heed to you know the, the voices just sort of say do what you do and do it well because that's the best way to tell your comics isn't it really um i mean that sounded pretty deep when i said like that i was just i was just leafing through a, a book of pornography by wally wood when you said of course that, you yeah. were of course you were <laughs> um there i am trying to be inspirational um to the next generation of creators and there he is I mean, I'm not saying in what state he's in right now, but let's... Uh... I was just reading Prince Violate, which is one of his stories. Yeah, sorry about that. So, Steve, you mentioned in one of your posts that you're working uh, pretty solely in Procreate now. Is the whole thing, do you do the whole thing in Procreate, or do you take it out for um, InDesign for, let's say, the lettering? Uh, it, it's lettered in Photoshop. Ah, um, so, but everything, uh, there are a few little things, some blood splatters. Occasionally, there's a, there's a lighting effect. 
And then I definitely, uh, when it comes time to reformat it for webtoons, also mm. all in Photoshop. Um, but my InDesign file for the book is basically me just placing down 100 or so Photoshop documents into a, into an InDesign file and calling it a day. It's <laughs> it's so. But I've done everything in Procreate from the beginning. It was that was also a big deal too. Uh, so I I did every, all my comics were digital up until about the mid 2000s. If my comics in 1994 were all drawn with a mouse using a vector program that was similar to Illustrator, it was wow. all incredibly labor intensive. Yeah. All came from cowardice. I need I wanted the undo function. I wanted <laughs> the ability to save as my document. So it's sort of like here we are at this critical at this uh, critical juncture in the in this page. I'll tell you what, let me just save a new copy. So it's sort of like a save a save position in a video game. Um, and it wasn't until I started working, I did some comics for IDW Star Trek where I was like, okay, I want to work in these traditionally because I want to have original art to sell. And I kind of broke out my brushes and pens again. And it, it, the, the Star Trek work I wish was better. I think I probably should have done it digitally. Um, but it started me down this path of starting to do everything with brush and uh, pen and ink again. And then the Apple and the iPad comes out. And so I think I had picked up my, I reacquainted myself with holding a pencil and not a mouse. So when the iPad came around, I, I felt like I had the comfort to do my new comic this way. And also I could then blame the iPad if the comic didn't uh, look good. <laughs> <laughs> so did you want to mention some of your pro work? Cause I mean, I've, I've, you just missed it before you come online. I was had a huge nerd boner for the new Star Trek series. Is that something you dip in and out of, Steve, or you know what, you, um, what have you done? So, uh, I I did uh, Star Trek Year Four for IDW. That was in about two thousand seven. Right, um, cool. I drew an escapist story for oh, Dark nice. Horse Comics. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Nice. I've never really. Hey, yes, it was it was beautiful. Uh, not not my work, but the character. Sure, it was. Yeah. Um, but I've never really pursued work for publishers i mean i feel like i'm a web designer and i do graphic design and if i want to sell out there are better ways uh <laughs> you know if it's about the money then you, the comics is not the way I, I, I take that back if you want to get a free table at a convention it's good to work on star trek you know what i mean so there are perks <laughs> yeah, okay. which come yeah. from having more uh was that one of the teeny howard books that year for which who was writing that one uh uh tipton scott tipton uh, okay yeah 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 he's on a was under uh, yeah. chris ryle was the editor of it um yeah the main story that comes out of that was that uh it they idw was trying to get the star trek license from paramount and was it paramount um and, yeah i think uh, so yeah and they asked me to create the document that they sent to paramount mm. so i had to do characters uh sketches and a four-page story that chris ryle wrote and i drew and that's how that helped them get that's helped IDW get the license and also got me approved by William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy oh, to draw the book. So I am a Shatner approved artist. And that was hey. awesome. <laughs> that's, that's the dream. That's the that's dream, the, my friend. That's all I've ever wanted. I read Leonard, the book, that book this week he wrote about McCoy, about, um, about Nimoy this week. What a book. Wow. Did you really? That's yeah. Great. Yeah. Have you read it? Have you? No, no, no. It's on the list. Yeah. If you don't spoil it by reading the last chapter, because it'll break you. But uh, what a book. Yeah, really impressed. Yeah, oh, sorry, sorry to. Uh, Blimey, did you get perhaps. emotional, Tony? I did. I got a bit emotional. I, I can't tell you why because I don't want to spoil it. But I'll yeah, maybe yeah. tell you afterwards. But the um, <clears throat> also, you said you did a book on um, Thompson as well. Do, do you do some sort of um, scholarly comics books as well? Do you, Steve? Or? I 
I, uh, Rick Veach and I do some educational comics together. We Fucking hell, actually... you hit you hit that. What's going on? <laughs> Hang on, <man. laughs> uh, I, love, I love your web comic, but you, do, you work with Rick Veach as well, do you? Okay, right, here we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a few years back, uh, well, I mean, Rick has always been um, a big proponent of finding ways to use comics the way Will Eisner did yeah. for education and in the corporate environment. And we cool. pitched to uh, a big textbook company about doing a bunch of graphic novels for. Um, I think we were originally pitching them like the notion it's obvious to do for history, right? Things that have like a, that there's reference for, you know, Okay. but they ended up bringing us in to do math graphic novels. Okay. And wow. we, yeah. we pitched them on the notion of creating science fiction and fantasy stories that would illustrate those concepts for kids. Okay. Okay. And it worked out really well. It was a incredibly fun project to do, but we've done stuff. We just wrapping up one for the university of Vermont about, uh, farmers in Vermont. Um, wow. Okay. Well, if, if, if you look at people like Wally Wood and Alex Toth and a lot of these people, they did stuff for the military, didn't they? I think, um, didn't, I can't remember who it was now, didn't one of them do like a book on um, how not to catch VD when you're overseas in the forces? <laughs> <laughs> Will Eisner did all those. Uh, I think it might be Eisner, actually. I think PS it might be. books, was it? Was it yeah. Called? Um, all yeah. the military training, how to put your rifle together. That's all this it, kind of yeah. Because they found out a lot of these soldiers back then, they couldn't read and write. So the best way to illustrate it was to do a comic of it. Okay. And that's what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. There's a rich history of it, yeah. Oh, that's excellent, man. How, how closely do you work with, with Rick? Well, we, we work on these projects together. The last one uh, I wrote, he drew, I colored, wow. lettered. Um, so we're, yeah, we've been working together. We, Back in the late 90s, we launched a website called Comic-Con.com together. And wow, okay. kind of this web hub back in the day it basically grew out of our experiences at the Small Press Expo and the Dave Sims Spirits of Independence Tour. That's kind of how far oh, back oh, I go. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> yeah. my, my, first web, my first comic, again, it was terrible. I won't even mention it. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I had it at these, at the, and I attended, exhibited at four of the Spirits of Independence stops. And so that's where I met Rick Feech, Steve Bissett, wow. Sim and Gerhard, oh, mate. Flash, all those folks. And they kind of put me in that. How was Sim? Uh, generous when I knew him. Good. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I met him in the 80s and I, I absolutely adored his work. And I met him and he was he was his work alive. You know, it was the first the first time I ever heard an adult say, let's go and see strippers. <laughs> i think when i was about 13 he wasn't saying it to me instantly he was just saying it but uh i think he used the phrase titty bar actually which made me sit, sit down and listen to me yeah i mean and I mean, so tony esmond was born. and this that was my origin story yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man that was quite that was quite the um the learning curve or the experience for you was it steve well you know was it like a little mini signing tour was it or something yeah, it was, and uh, and Colleen Duran and tons of other creators oh, who wouldn't her. know me yeah. wouldn't know me from Adam, and uh, uh, it was great. It was it was. Uh, I mean, just sitting at the, just waking up in the hotel because these were all hotel conventions. So you'd stay right. at the hotel, you'd exhibit at the hall, and just waking up and going down to the, the the restaurant and being invited over. I remember it was Rick Veach who invited me up. Hey, come on, join. You're one of the cartoonists. Come on over. I'm like, okay, and uh, <laughs> I was very wet behind the ears and. Um, just basically eating eggs and staying, keeping my mouth shut and learning from all these people and have, you know, they were talking about cover prices and it's essentially what your podcast is. It just was, you know, uh, un barely caffeinated and, 
Um, <laughs> I've done. I've had that experience a couple of times where I've sort of blagged it onto a dinner table with a load of creators, you know, and then just sort of thought, I don't, I, not having a clue who they thought I was, you know, right. sort of blagging it on my accent. Really, they must have thought, oh, he's from, <laughs> you know, he's got to be something over there, and I'm clearly not. And just listening to them talk about, oh, he's a right wanker in the industry, you know. When who, who's publishing your new book? What are the rates there? And you know, a little bit of an insider thing. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. You know. sure. It's, it's it's wonderful and, that, and that's one of the reasons why i love your podcast by the way it feels like artist alley it feels like oh, oh thank nice. you thank you the kind of conversations that you know i was certainly missing during the pandemic that yeah. um talking shop yeah. do you meet up with each much or you, is it mostly an internet i suppose covid but mostly internet i don't think i don't think i've I, I don't think i've seen him in five years we wow we, okay we were pitching at some event i'm now he's up in vermont i'm down in florida and so yeah. it's just phone calls now Oh man, so cool though! It's so cool to look at your phone and realize you could rig Rick, Rick Veach, though, isn't it? You know, it's like... <laughs> he's brilliant. He's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never, I still never forget that fight. That time, Mike Barron rang me. Do you remember? He rang me because he was in the car. Yes, we were meant to be having yeah. him on the following Sunday, and he said, "Can we just do it now? I'm in the car." I said, well, "I don't, I don't think it works that way, Mike." To be honest with you. <laughs> I'm in my pants at home. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like super friendly and i'm yeah. like this is the best phone call ever yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'll just keep him in company as he drove down the highway you know, it's like the best day ever <laughs> oh dear but speaking of uh the dreaded p word of the pandemic of course uh something that is still going on um but what what's that what was that like for you from a webcomic creator's sort of perspective you know um you bet you guys were thriving weren't you with your there's no comic shops open. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was it was it was weird because I had this hope of having a comic book. I want I still right. Okay, so I love web comics. I love the audience, and you know, webtoons is great. Yeah. But webtoons yeah. people have like this fire hose of content. I know that's a, that word was being thrown around with the in in wake of uh, Oni's latest. <sighs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But they have a a, a fire hose of web of comics coming at them and so there's no reason to pay for it you have infinite comics why pay for any so then the web philosophy has been that it's on the web why pay for it but comic shops don't have that kind of thing it's like it's a it's a whole universe of people willing to pay for stuff yeah and they also don't know that i exist so i've been i really wanted to get a version of the middle age into comic book sh- comic book stores again my yeah. in terms of publishing i think what stan sakai has done with his career is great i love what mm. david peterson has done love what jeff smith has done yeah. and a lot of them all started in comic shops um and i feel like I, that was my plan right before 2020 was let's do a free comic book day version of the middle age and get it in front of more people uh and it, that that got scuttled Mm, and so right. and it was it was really spooky for me because I as a freelance artist I as soon as the p- pandemic started everyone was tightening their belts you know I thought oh gosh my clients yeah. are gonna yeah. go mm-hmm. away I had this happen after 2001 I had this happen after the housing crisis here in, in 2008 yeah um, so I thought this could be another case like that and but fortunately I again Patreon supporters stayed all the way through um I was in the middle of fulfilling a Kickstarter in 2000. And so suddenly stuff I ordered was taking months to arrive and everyone was very supportive. Right. Uh, good. But okay. It, it mm. didn't, it was uh, apart from me, it, it affected me creatively in that I generally don't write in my home. I will go to a coffee shop. I'll go someplace right. else away yeah. from the internet. 
away from the TV, away from the cats, basically all the distractions. And I could just put my headphones in and sit down and be not bothered. That's quite a common. That's a quite a common thing I hear amongst writers of all kinds. Is that there's I think there's a David Mamet book, isn't there, called Writing in Restaurants or something like that? Because is it really? Yeah, yeah. I think you you find that you can you're surrounded by voices, you know, and you don't have the also don't have the temptation of just putting on a Blu-ray or something. You know, there's all this sort of thing, so you you can get stuff done. Switch um, yeah, the switch the Wi-Fi off, and so you've got no yeah. distractions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something I do a lot as well, Steve. I think it's great. I think I was just reading about Tom Gold. Mm. You know, the UK cartoonist, he does the same. That's where he gets his ideas. Mm. And then he goes home to his board and then finishes them, you know. Mm. Okay. And, there's a, and there's a certain amount of like the, the idea of being a full-time artist. You have your, your time's flexible. You're not on the clock. Yeah. And so it feels like, okay, who, when it comes time to run the errands, who's going to do that? The, well, the person with the most time, the most available time who's not on the set clock. Yeah. So things like that, just recording off my time. Like, okay, I know at this time every day, I'm going to pick up my stuff going to go sit in a coffee shop or in the corner with my head down and just crank out a ton of stuff and that was gone so mm. i was stuck at home and i'm you know trying not to go crazy um <laughs> but other, other yeah. than that it was fine yeah and that first lockdown i still think about it you know it seems so long ago but it was only really just now wasn't it mm. mm-hmm. well, yeah. i don't know it was like with you in florida steve but we we were like you're only allowed to leave your house once a day for a short yeah. piece of exercise. And, yeah. you know, it was incredible, really. Yeah, we and, and you hear in the States complaints about it. We never had anything like that. It was basically you were recommended to stay indoors. Right. You know, uh, mask mandates were like it was it was it was we never had a lockdown here. We oh, had, really? OK. We had stay at home orders that were not enforced in any way whatsoever. Right. Um, yeah, so it, we—I mean, we had people arrested for sitting on park benches for yeah. too long and mm, stuff like wow. that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that never happened here. That never wow. Happened. Okay. So yeah. whenever I I try to not say the lockdown, but it's just a, it's just the easiest shorthand oh, to describe it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, what did that do? I mean, are you someone in terms of your webcomic? Do you pay attention to the numbers with each post, or have, have you um? Because sometimes you analyze it. N- yeah. Number watching, whether it be on a webcomic or on a Kickstarter, could be that daily. When you start, the numbers are just everything you look at every five minutes. Have they gone? I mean, up, we pretend we don't do it on here, but we do. Oh, I do. I do it. Week, I do it all the time. I do it all <laughs> yeah, the time. It's, it, it, it's terrible. But did you? Um, how were the numbers? If, if I may ask, for the middle age during that time? Not specifics. I, yeah. I yeah. don't know. I don't. I didn't. I'm not caught up in that. When I did launch, when I launched the strip. And I installed Google Analytics and had that kind of chart that's on your screen to show you the mm. second by second mm. number of people mm-hmm. who are on your website. And uh, uh, I don't do that now. I, I, I kind is of that too that. much. Is that too much of a distraction? Things like that? Do you think? Because you're looking at the numbers rather than concentrating on. No, the now I'm look. I'm, I more look at the comments that people leave on webtoons yeah. and on my own website. To me, that's the metric. It's like sure people might see okay. it, but that could be a blip in analytics. Like you're saying, you know, you could bring on some hack nobody like me and who knows have good numbers and uh (laughs) there seems to be no rhyme or reason to it and so you know let's say the the analytics just favor you that day or the thing everybody would rather be watching is preempted and you know so you don't know why you know you might have a sudden spike i mean it'd be great to know and something to capitalize on but i'm Mm. much more interested in the number of people i have on my mailing list and the comments that readers are leaving for the story like are they feeling the things i'm hoping they're feeling um, what no. questions are they asking? Do, you know, have I made it? You know, there was a scene. There's a recent scene. No spoilers, but in the latest sequence, 
no, no, let me go back. I'll go back further. So I can, I don't mind spoiling it. If it's okay. three years okay. old, there's a moment where this duck character spits mm-hmm. up a map. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just there. And the, our hero is way more concerned about what's happening than the thing that was spit up. And it, the idea is like, he's looking at the face of this person. He's looking at the, the character who's injured, all this stuff. And there's a reader on Webtoons who week after week was getting, seemed to be getting angrier and angrier that our hero wasn't looking at the map. Like some, like it's like a person yelling at the movie screen. And to me, that's way better than any number I could ever get. The idea that there's (laughs) there's so much furious at our hero, who's not real. I'm I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Take us off, <laughs> but th- those are the things where where people are talking about these characters the way I talk about Kirk and Spock as if they were real historical figures. Yeah. To me, yeah. that melt me. Yeah, because you've made the connection, and that's what yeah. that's yeah. what we want with our work, isn't it? I mean, Dan, Dan with Vanguard, is that something that you found in terms of numbers compared to comments? Do you look, do you look at your comments and stuff? No, I, I, over the pandemic, I can't really. I didn't really check that to be honest. I just kept on like updating and moving on. A bit like Steve, just yeah, I didn't really check. Uh, I, I couldn't tell if it spiked or not to be honest. I, I would check my Patreon every day <laughs> because <laughs> Patreon tells you when people will, uh, when people sign up. It doesn't tell you when people drop off. No, and it so doesn't, you, does it? I've noticed that. Yeah. So you can you can yeah. log in and just you see a notification. You're like, please don't be a cancel. Please don't be a cancel. Please don't be. <laughs> <laughs> I someone cancelled the other day, and I, I sent a message and thanks for the support. Like, there you go. Yeah, take That's it easy. Way. Thanks. Yeah. Sort of slightly passive aggressive, yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> I, I did put the eye roll emoji yeah. at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then said, "Don't forget, I have your address." Yeah. P.S. I know where you live. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve's not going to do that. Folks, no, 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 no. I didn't do that. I would do that. Yeah, I would. Legally, Dan will not do that. That's what we're going to say. And and he was with me. If there's any allegations, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, obviously, the middle age is going gonna go from strength to strength. I mean, obviously, you do have the end game in sight, but how many more years? I mean, that's a crazy question to ask considering you can have so many subplots and sub quests etc but how many more years do you think we'll get we'll get the middle age before we get to the modern I, age <laughs> I, I think <laughs> i think it'll go well kind of as long as my patreon supporters would like it to go because it's sort of like it's it hasn't grown into my it's comics are definitely my primary source of income now but the middle age itself is not uh, it's close. The kick between Kickstarters and Patreon, it's close. Oh, good. But when it gets to that point, I'd like to do it forever. I mean, it's, I don't have a retirement plan. It's got to be these collections of books. It's yeah. got to be um, some other, you know, I, I, I think that's it. So once the story wraps up, this, which will collect, be collected into the third book, um, I sus- I'm going to take a slight hiatus from the main storyline and tell short stories set in the world stuff ah, that i wanted yeah. to tell but would never yeah. fit in the story if you noticed for the first 200 or so episodes sir quimp is in every pat is in every episode the camera never cuts away normally like if you're doing a drama like i don't to pick a james bond movie mm. you show our hero you cut away to the villain to establish the bad guy this yeah. story never had that opportunity because my feeling was always 
um, it was a lesson I learned from my previous webcomic that as soon as you, if, if someone's tuning into Garfield and Garfield's not there, then you've disappointed them. If someone tunes mm-hmm. into this comic and our hero is not there, I've disappointed them. They, they're coming back for the sword. They're coming back for Sir Quimp. And so he's in every episode. And that became a real weird storytelling problem. That's one of the reasons why when he gets knocked unconscious, the sword takes over. That way I can introduce subplots and he's unaware of them. He's still in the frame, <laughs> but okay. you know I can sneak in other stuff. So there's all these other things I would love to have told, other uh, little threads I'd like to finish up. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm working on some D&D material as well. I'm hoping that between those little minifigures and... Uh, some Dungeons and Dragons type content set in my world that I can appeal to the tabletop role-playing people and have them check out my webcomic. Yeah. Oh, oh God, I'd love to see, you know, just oh. dream, dreaming aloud, I'd love to see, like, have you seen those Epic Encounters box sets you can get? Have you seen these, Steve? Of, like, no. It's basically, uh, look them up, they're gorgeous. You ba- It's a box where you have, like, a, an adventure and you have stat blocks and bad guys and people can just... It's it's an event, it's a small mini campaign in a box with all the three D printed stuff and they have things you know from orcs to giant snakes and all kind of things and I would I can just see a small ready to go middle aged little little box set with a couple of printed maps and some minis and all kinds of stuff. I love uh, that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I, I have so I've been I've been working on this like it was. The latest Kickstarter campaign just ended last week. It was for the miniatures. And yeah. one of the stretch goals was a 5e, 5e, the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons, a subclass. There's a drunken wizard in the story. And so the idea is <laughs> that drunken wizard, how, how you can be an intoximancer like Melvin. And that's what this PDF is. And so that will be my next tiniest Kickstarter ever. Next month is Zine Quest for on Kickstarter, where normally it's a thing they do in February, but it's for really small saddle stitched only uh or stapled uh tiny pamphlets for mm. tabletop role-playing games either as supplements or standalone games and so i'm going to do a very tiny one i think the cat the, i really i think i want to make the campaign goal five dollars i want us to hit five dollars and <laughs> Should be it will be that. like a three dollar pdf to download the stats to make your own intoximancer and i'll make a printed version of it um something really simple but i love the idea of putting this in a place because currently the middle age is only seen by web comics people and you know as because social media is awful now and twitter doesn't help me and facebook doesn't mm, yeah, help me yeah i'm hoping maybe kickstarter can oh god one mm. day one day i can see <laughs> i can see a hardcover book a campaign setting mm. i can see it now um but it won't happen for about 20 years because he's got enough to do it <laughs> uh, maybe maybe it will happen in between uh these arcs once the what's this the middle age uh first three books wraps up then yeah. uh maybe we'll see that we'll, we'll see mm. we'll see but definitely folks you, you definitely need to get on yeah. this um whether it's the the web comic start from the beginning or i think yeah. I, I think i read a hundred in one sitting yeah. this week yeah <laughs> oh, it's just nice. addictive yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. addictive yeah yeah um, where can people go to uh, find out more about you, your work, and the Middle Age itself, Steve? At middleagecomic.com. It's the main URL. It's got all the links. It's got links to the Kickstarter, the last Kickstarter, which we don't have any way necessarily for people to uh, pre-order the things, but hopefully in the next week or so, you'll be able to, if you missed the campaign, you'll be able to get those minis. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But middleagecomic.com has links to... I'm also available on Webtoons, Tapas, and Go Comics if you want to look for the middle age in those places. Cool. And I have a Twitch stream uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 4 to 8 p.m. East Coast time. Um, uh, Wow. I am on Twitch, and I'm usually doing uh, 3D modeling. I'll be continuing a model on Tuesday. Oh, nice. Fantastic. Yeah, nice. Uh, Good stuff, man. Sorry, what time was that? Your time? Uh, uh, 4 to 8 uh, East Coast time, and the URL for that is twitch.tv slash Steve Conley. C O N L E. 9 o'clock GMT. Oh, 9 a.m. 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Oh, that's yeah. good. Oh, that works. Yeah. Oh, nice one. There you yeah. go, folks. So many ways. To Tom here with the maths. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom loves his maths and he loves his book. <laughs> he does. Uh, and I do now. I do now. Tom, Tom, I'm I'm a convert. He'll be he'll be very pleased today. <laughs> Sounds like a cult when we put it like that. <laughs> uh, but to our Lord and Saviour, Steve Conley, thank you very much for doing <laughs> 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 Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm, for... s- I'm certain I was rambling. I appreciate you guys. No, no, no it was great. No, 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 it was brilliant. I found that really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it was yeah. absolutely Just drop in a Dave Sim reference every yeah. so often. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, go forth, check out the comic and... Uh, well, we'll probably be back back to talk to you in the future again, Steve. That'd be wonderful. How awesome was that? Hey, eh? oh, we'll just awesome. casually drop in Rick just, Beach. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that was like a slap. No, good, good guy. Oh, no, it's honestly, that. you was like what? <laughs> I got very excited. I got very excited. I do like. I do love. Love his comic, but uh, yeah, yeah, as soon as he started saying Dave Sim and that, I'm like, oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> What's that series Beach worked on, Brat? Rat Pack, was Rat it? Pack. What yeah. a fucking book that is. That's a that is that was before the boys and all that sort of thing. That yeah. heralded so yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I always got that image of like the the cheap bic razor razor in the leg and it bleeding. It was like that stuff. That's that, it, that, yeah. That the mask that unzipped and the tongue came out and yes. the injections and yeah, oh what a book. I think there's some more of that coming actually. Okay. Mm. And that's another thing I've got to put in the show notes now. So you're <laughs> but thank you very Pleased much, to be to Steve, Steve, again for um, for joining us. Um, I'm certainly a. I need to get a copy of these books now, as well as yeah. I, I, sh- yeah. I only wish I had room in my suitcase to have bought them. You know, it's yeah. one of those things when you go to Heroes, you're like, there's only so much room in my because we've been away for two weeks. There's only you so much weight limit. Cram into it. Me. Yeah. yeah, I bought yeah. a little scale with me so I could weigh my bag before I got on the plane. You know, one of those sort of things. Mm. So, you uh, could yeah. just uh, wear all your clothes back. <laughs> just throw <laughs> my clothes away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he didn't Falpi uh, like send comics back home to himself? He was cheap. No, he in. lost his bag. Oh, oh for, on this yeah. no, but on the recent um, on another one, he did. He sent all his comics home. I'm not sure actually. I have to find oh. out. But he lost yeah, his bag. Side. Yeah, he lost his bag. Yeah, he lost his suitcase. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck! Is he, he's not got it back. No. No. And they had all the comics in. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, you got, you got some really rare stuff when we we're in Toronto. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. from that heart, let's okay. Let's just on that bring, bring the yeah. mood back up again. We're sad. Yeah. Let's. let's... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the way you said that, Tony. Uh, let's bring the mood back oh. up again with some lovely shout-outs for stuff for people to check out. Who would like to go first? I've got a few. Should we um, tag team Dan a bit? If I do a couple yes. of tag team Dan again, tag yes. team Dan. We're going to do that a bit of that later yeah. as well. So 
First one, I'd like to give a little shout. I'd like to give a little shout out to shout out to one at shit out. I'd like to give a little shout out to one of those. <laughs> I do like to give a little shit Welcome out. To the shit out. The <laughs> shit out section. Oh, I'm sorry, it's the heat. Just squeeze yeah. some out. It's a bit runny. The um, I'd like to but something that isn't shit. Something is actually really good. Is the workers at Cobb. We've commented it on this yes. week. Um, we've known Zach now. God, I've I've no I met him um, when I did a talk at his college or uni. Mm, yeah. Um, and he's been uh, a listener, and he's probably came down to the convention a few weeks ago. His work has so improved. I, know, I think I think it's an artist whose work has improved. And he did a spirit this week. So he good. Dropped in. So That's really good. Fucking hell, Zach! What's going on, man? That's really good. Yeah, really, really impressed. Yeah, I love to see that stuff from people in the in the circle, as it were. And when they start coming on leaps and bounds, oh, it's yeah. great. Absolutely yeah, and, and a few people commented, oh, I know what they're talking about and stuff, and yeah, very good. Oh, on the same lines, um, some good and some bad. The bad being my my version, but oh, some come good on, it's good. Well, it was drawn very rushed, but we did. Uh, we we're having a uh, Only Fools and Horses draw off on the Slack, um, and Dan came up with it, and he put all the characters, and you sort of sign up for a character. How good has it been? It's been really good. Yeah, really impressed. I've got some someone in the stuff. office who sits near me, and he's a big Only Fools and Horses fan, and I said, "Have a look at this," and he was loving it. Uh, really nice. like it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So keep going with that. We'll probably do another one soon. So if you if you need to yeah. get on the Slack, just contact one of us. We'll give you I access to it. I think there's anyway. a couple of characters left. We've got like the uh Marlene's Raquel. Marlene been done. Marlene's been done. Raquel, yeah, right. uh Cassandra, and there's another another one. Uh yeah. let me just no, did you see Cliff's uh, did you see Keith's uh Devil Boy? That was good as well. That was that good. One. Not to give yeah, anyone anyways, but he he he, he took because I took an easy one. One of the lesser known ones, I thought. I'm not, I can't really, but he, he, he went straight for the Mike's done. Yeah. No, we only got Cassandra and Raquel. That's it. Oh, uh, okay. And then we, and then, okay. Then we're, we'll have to choose I'm, another one soon, guy. Yeah. We'll have to do another one. Yeah, well, yeah. What, what, what do you think? We need a You need a cast of about 12 mm. characters that can come along. What about Dad's yeah. Army? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good one. Dad's Army. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Don't God. lock it up. Em. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, DUI 2 is almost there. I read a certain person's introduction today from somebody in this room. Um, all the mystery yeah yeah. (laughs) it it was Vince Um, yeah but it's uh, it's looking good and we're really pleased and Eamon gave me a little look at it um, as you've had a little look as when you Mm think because you wrote the intro you had to look through some stuff but yeah and I'm really pleased with that so that's likely to be going out um, very soon I think we're hoping the first version of it is going to be something for Dan I know Dan's doing a lot of the design work Mm -hmm. on it so I think I think we're going to and that's that's raising money for Um, it's cancer research isn't it yeah yeah. yeah, this one. So cancer research. Um, this one, last one was refuge. This one's cancer research. So um, please do watch out for it dropping. There'll be a digital version and a physical version and the opportunity to also donate as part of a purchase or just on its own. So have a look for that. That'll be very soon. Um, mm-hmm. if, if it's anything like the first one, we're going to raise a few quid. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, uh, another one before I hand it over to you, D, for a couple is um, Pat Mills and Kevin O'Neill's masterpiece. Uh, Nemesis the Warlock is coming to Audible. Um, I've pre-ordered it. I think it comes out in September. Um, oh, bro. I'm really cool. interested to see what they do with that because there's going to be a lot of words and clicks and weird noises, aren't there? Let's face it, mm-hmm. in, in, in the world of Nemesis Warlock. But so we, was it like a dramatization? I think so, yeah, like they've done with um, The Horn God and oh, Halo Jones and stuff like that. So I'm re- that's the one I'm, I was really looking forward to. I think it's going to be good. Um, what you do can, you imagine... Uh, Nemesis's voice to sound like it's weird, isn't it? I'd never imagined yeah. those voices. Yeah, I've just sort of heard them as the characters because they've been with us for so long, haven't they? 
Yeah. You know, I'm inherently thinking raspy, but I don't know why I'm thinking that. Yeah, I think yeah. that too. Sort of a hissy, mm. raspy kind of voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well Talk spoke, about this well, sort of ranty. Well spoken. Would they be well both well spoken? Kind of a prince's. I, I actually have um, Talkamada more as a sort of demagogue, ranting, Hitler-esque yeah. kind of voice. Yeah. You know, maybe. Um, oh, that's gonna be interesting. And I'm sure the 2000 AD community will love it and accept it with open arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to any of the previous one, guys? No, no, no. Mm. Uh, yeah, no I've listened to a couple of them. Yeah, interested yeah. in tracking right. down now. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very much so. What about you, D? What have you got? I've got uh, Fishbeard and Friends uh, Kickstarter, the third collection of Captain Fishbeard comics featuring many artists and writers. Have you done one of them? I have, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aaron Rackley wrote it. Uh, I drew it. And that's on nice. Kickstarter now. That's smashed it. Someone completely unrelated to comics <laughs> that I sort of knew on the periphery sent me a message and say, are you in that new comic? I just got a message about it. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And I was like, oh, okay. So there's two of my worlds collide in there, which is not oh, right. Was it a uh, lady? No, sadly not. Oh, okay. Not there, Maz. I've been a massive <laughs> sexist there. Uh, we've got limits. Right. <laughs> what if you had the most powerful weapon in the world, but no way to recharge it? Uh, that's my Kickstarter now. Uh, written by Rich Carrington, art by uh, Lee Gaston. It's fucking, the art on this is absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed the comic. I would recommend checking that one out. Cool. And finally, uh, last but not least, £79 every is the target goal. We've got The Legend of La Ramprosa, Vulcan Challenge, Bombastic Lucha Libre, Comic Action, 16 Luchadors, Enter, Only One Can Win, The Legend of La Ramprosa Continues uh, by James Lawrence. And that's the, all the stuff I read, James, absolutely fantastic. If you've got a kid, mm. Get in this comic. Yeah. Get it for you. It's, totally. it's all ages. Totally. Uh, fun just, read. Go on, shall, I go, shall I do a couple for you, or do you want to do yours now? Well, I was going to say, um, last week's guest, um, <laughs> the wonderful Matt Simmons, uh, yeah. spoke about Coco Comic Con in Lancaster, yeah. 13th of August, 2022. Um, for more details, visit cococomics.com. Um, I just want to make sure I get that right. Coco Comics, yep, that's one. <laughs> uh, .co.uk, sorry. I knew I, I knew there was something about it. I don't know whether a .com takes you to a .co.uk. I don't, I, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Mm, uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely Coco Comic Con uh, on August the 13th. There's, um, well, there's quite a few uh, creators that have been on this show and more besides. Yeah. So definitely um, check that out. Go back to last week and you listen to If you yeah, haven't listened, yeah. you can for, hear for it. More, for more details about. on the delicious, emphasis on the word delicious, for pizza reasons, uh, reasons why you should check out that show. <laughs> it's, it's a hot day. My brain is turning into porridge. But um, also, if you can't make it to that one, it is Small Press Day 2022 on Saturday the 13th of August. So go to smallpressday.co.uk to see it, um, what events are happening. Some of them may be in your area. So go forth, find one, go forth, check it out, and support your local indie creators. That's my one. Cool. Can I give a little shout-out again? Because I noticed that they followed us on Twitter um, to Asteroid Belters Pin-Up Special, oh, not yeah. safe for work. Now, they may, I don't know who they are, these shadowy individuals, although I do think they're a bunch of very sexy ladies sitting around um, drawing comics. Um, but they followed us on Twitter. So and give it another shout out. You'll have like two days as you listen mm. to this yeah. to be able to back I it. Have to I have backed it. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, Absolute, have a look, man. Absolute source. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so. Also, Jungleland from Mr. Adam Falp is coming out. This It's just come out, I think, yesterday. Oh, from nice. Strangers Publishing. Um, I'm guessing that Gosh will have some soon. Um, it's great. And there's a pull quote on me. 
so you know who would you get a pull quote from oh just the bloke he hangs about with which we thought was funny <laughs> um so that's on the back of it. it's very good it's a bit like um bronx warriors um the warriors oh, brilliant. Got that, that mood to it yeah very good so very if nice. you read um the stuff that was in strangers magazine strangers fanzine it's that but more he's added to it as one well. read on a couple of pages um day basement number one is about to be available um again in the uk we were just waiting for the print to arrive i think it arrives thursday this week um, so if you, if you didn't get a copy of that, because the numbers were very limited previously, we've had quite a few messages. Also, that is also now available through Strangers. If you're in the States, go to the Strangers website. I'll be talking about Strangers book in a second. Um, it was a great meeting. Sheridan, Eamon, Dave and Adam Falp at the GOSH signing yesterday for Brian Talbot. We had um, went to the pub for a couple of hours and had a chat there. Um, fuck me, that was sunny standing in that queue yesterday. I, tell you, I think I've got a sunstroke. Um, and I've now started a funny game which some of you know about, which maybe I'll reveal yes, at some point. that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. some hilarious look, game that look I Look forward to more of them coming along. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> if you're attending the Capital Sci-Fi Con next weekend, instead of buying some cheap and uh, very um, planet-unfriendly plastic, why not pop over and see Mr. Penguin himself, Al Henderson, and buy some of his marvellous comics and art? So you know that if you're attending the Sci-Fi Comic... Sci-Fi Con this next weekend. Um, also next Sunday, 12 to 5, at the Birds Pub in Leighton, sorry, Leighton Stone is a comic fair. Uh, it's at 692, 692, the high road in Leighton Stone. Um, there's lots of small press, uh, lots of original art, and a certain Mr. Adam Fowl will be tabling there as well. I'm going to try and pop along if I can. But that's next Sunday, 12 to 5, if you're in the London area. Go and see that one. There, my one. There you go. Nice. So there you, there you go. So I think without further ado, I think it's time to recommend some comics to you, lovely mm, yeah. people. So, um, Tom. Hello. <laughs> Start us off, my friend. Sure thing, sure thing. Uh, so when uh, you guys asked me on, I didn't want to just recommend the same stuff I've been reading regularly, which is all still good, but I thought I'd uh, pop on to our Friends of Europe comics, yeah, yeah. and I picked up uh, Spellbound, Volume 1. Uh, this is currently in the cell. It is, I think it's €2.50. Uh, That's good. Six, six one pages, uh, script by uh, Jean Defoe, and art by Jose Luis Manuera. I've obviously pronounced this wrong. That sounded You're pretty fine. good to me. Uh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. I thought for a second you were French there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, but <laughs> the thing that kind of attracted me to this was it's a beautiful landscape cover. It uses a lot of like greens and browns in like really beautiful, beautiful ways. Uh, when you look at the artist inside, it's got that kind of um, old school Disney vibe to it. And you know, sometimes you see like the screen, the um, the concept sketches for Disney uh, pictures, and you'd be like, "Oh, that looks incredible!" But then what came out was not quite that. This yeah. looks like those sketches initially. Um, it is a it's got a kind of um, it's an Arthurian sto- Arthurian style story with a mix of uh, Shakespearean plotting and uh, a little bit of uh, sort of like a bit of the Infernal as well chapter in there as well. So you get these kind of like lovely sort of green and browns uh, vistas, and then they just chuck in like a really bright red as well. It's really nice telling. It, I sweat. I absolutely sweat through the sixty pages of uh, volume one, and I'm going to pick up two to four when I get around to it. Really good. Really nice. Easily recommend. Good work, nice. Yeah. Think, the um, the backgrounds in that man look like oh, a yeah. painting. They're just beautiful. I, I think it's yeah. an obvious uh, recommendation. If you liked uh, the Green Man, uh, yeah, the Green Knight. Sorry, if you like the Green Knight, obviously this is a good. This is an easy fit. Easy fit. You're right. The backgrounds are beautiful. It flows it's like really a, nice that, It's almost like that. It's like a European manga c- combined, isn't it? Because it's, it's, it's got that 
realistic background you know but just like yeah, so yeah, beautifully yeah, painted yeah, yeah. and on top of that you've got something that looks like it's more cartoony yes you know and like they're, they're not afraid of the cartooning to go to what you'd almost think is ridiculous and again we're right. not on manga wave in terms of like you've got characters that's like half the size of you know half size of other ones and doesn't feel out of place in the in the world i get you yeah, yeah it, it really works it was a really easy read and yeah it's good easy recommend for me easy and also it's on sale so you know nice one nice good work <clears throat> Who would like to go next? Shall I do my one? And then I think I'm going to tag team with Dan on one in yes. a minute. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so Crania 2 uh, by Brian McRae is out from, is published by Strangers. Um, sort of full disclosure, they also um, got out work from us. So just beware. But the um, it's been a really exciting comics week for me this week. I've read so much that I've loved this week. Um, but this, I think maybe, maybe my favourite single issue of the year so far. I absolutely loved it. I know we sp- I spoke about Cronia 1 before, and I think um, for you guys who do um, Dungeons & Dragons stuff, mm. you would love this. It's got mm. that real taste to it. It's also got a sort of special weapon in it. It's one of those one of the books I read this week that's got that sort of, you know, the enchanted weapon trope thing going on. Yes. Um, yeah. Very different mm-hmm. from um, Steve's book, but no, no, no less good. Um, I also, part of my exciting week is, I said, I reached out, Eddie said I was out, Friday, so I said I'll send this preview copy, and he gave me access to the whole Google Drive of all their upcoming books, which got me very excited. <laughs> um, um, so I got to see all of that, and there's some gold coming out here. Um, so I, I bought Crania One um, in the about a year ago, and absolutely loved it. It's um, Brian McCrane knows what he's doing, and this again follows the the titular character as she gathers a team of warriors to go on her mission with. Now it's that that story technique of all right we're going to do something but we I need to gather all these warriors together gather, gather this team together which is you know quite an interesting thing we see in superhero comics don't quite with quite a lot um the only twist in this is that she has to fight each of one of them and beat them <clears throat> so that they will um sort of bow down to her and, and work with her and that's the little the little thing story story thing that and it adds to the story because it's just a non-stop fight so it's got that sort of classic, I, mean, I called it in my notes here, the game of death trope. Um, but she starts off fighting Lithnor, who is an armoured fish man. And that's pretty good. Um, and then she goes on Then she goes on to um, death dealing an acrobatic bird man, Carceron. Um, and each, she says that, that they, they imply it in the story because she says, I'm going to start on the easy one and it's going to get harder and harder. So you think, you know, you've got that tension building. I mean, it's 48 pages um, of just fucking fighting and quite a lot of nudity which is brilliant <laughs> um magazine size 48 pages as i said now, brian um this exercise color thing really suits his work i've said he's on fire in this um we've talked about it i know you and me dan have talked about the, the this sort of fashion of women who are sort of four kilos soaking wet punching yeah. men in the face and then yeah. flying through walls and stuff like that you know <laughs> and and i i just oh my god you know if i have to see Black Widow jump on someone's shoulders and spin round, and seemingly that the man just stands there while they're doing all this, you know. <laughs> um, but this is this completely turns that on the head because Crania looks like she'd give you a, a kick in, you know. She's big, strong woman. She doesn't get dressed much, to be fair. She's often naked, um, and <laughs> he he knows how to draw a bigger lady. Um, but he also handle Brian also handles the beats of a fight really well. You know, you can tell, can't you, that <clears throat> of everything I think in comics, the thing outside of conversation, the thing that has to flow very naturally is working the beats of a fight out. 
Yeah. Um, and you've got to know the point you start at, the midpoint and the end of it, and it's got to flow. Otherwise, it's not believable and it doesn't do what this book does is it gets you, keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's got to be like watching an in-real-life boxing match, I think, or an mm. MMA fight or something like that. Um, it's very adult. Um, I think Crania fucks a humanoid tiger in it who's a sort of um, sidekick. Um, and she's quite unkempt in the ginger downstairs area. I'll be honest with you. I kind of like that. She's um, got time for that. Yeah, she's not got time to trim. Um, I think, I think talking about Red Sonja earlier, I think there's no better person to take over a Red Sonja comic and do it and make it absolutely brilliant than Brian. Um, you really need to get on this. It's you, Vince of everyone here. You will fucking love it. It's like you could see a crossover with um, what's that comic you loved about the talking axe? Oh, barbaric, barbaric. The crossover for, with this and barbaric would be amazing. Awesome. You know, they're yeah. both they're both equals. You know, it's like that. Um, it came out on Friday, as I said. Um, also, at the same time, came out with Falpy's equally brilliant Jungle Land. So go to strangerspublishing.com. You can get a copy uh, if you're in the states or Canada at strangers underscore fanzine um, on Instagram. And you can find Brian at BAM, it's B-A-M-C-C-R-A-Y, BAM C Cray on Instagram. And you can see he puts up loads of art on there, like daily you get another piece of art from it. Absolutely loved it. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, good stuff. And and from an underground, you know, outlaw publisher, it's just so extremely readable. Yeah, really good. So that's my um, favourite book, favourite single issue of the year so far, Cranium number two. Oh, wow, nice oh, wow, nice. Yeah, very cool. Very nice. Cool. Uh, my pick this week is one um, I picked up the collection of recently. It's one I've been wanting to talk about for ages. I've I've read it in digital. Uh, I've read like digital issues of it from Scout Comics, um, but I just wanted to have a collection and just sit down and read it. Do you ever find that sometimes when you're reading like just the digital singles, it was like, no, I just want oh, that. totally. I yeah, want, man. I Shel- want... shelf porn. That's what we're about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just want to sit down with a cup of tea or coffee and just like properly enjoy a book from cover to cover rather than scrolling down so um i went ahead and uh or ordered a copy of uh the volume one of white ash from uh scout comics this was a kickstarter wasn't it right, this was one? originally I, I think there's i mean scout comics um they've collected a lot of uh sort of uh independent previously books, uh, published stuff previously yeah. published stuff yeah and it did yeah. start off as a kickstarter and is now um goes through scout comics the writer is charlie stickney who i believe is one of the co-founders of uh, scout comics as well artist and letterer is connor hughes and the colorist is finn cram um trade paperback production by joel rodriguez um yes i mean i ordered it via the um huge nasty corporation because um i didn't know uh, i didn't want you know postage <laughs> um <laughs> but um yeah it's a paperback volume it collects issues uh, one to six of White Ash, so it's the first season, and it feels very much like a season. It feels like a TV show, like a really cool TV show, White Ash. Um, but basically, the synopsis is, uh, White Ash is a small smudge of a town in western Pennsylvania, where mining is a generational calling and the secrets are buried deeper than the coal in the mountain. As Alec Zwerg tries to escape that legacy and head off to college, he falls into the orbit of the enigmatic Lillian Alden. Together they race down a dangerous path, leading Alec to uncover a fantastical secret about his family that changes everything he knows about himself and White Ash. And uh, it's kind of in uh, keeping with um, the sort of fancy comics theme that we have running all the way through this particular episode. Um, because White Ash straddles that sort of like 
modern small town drama with um, magic and monsters and elves and dwarves and like it's almost like a take that that sort of Tolkien like world and and drop elements of that into a small Pennsylvanian mining town um, where you have like the there are groups of people that don't get on there's there's lots of mysteries that um they're they're drip feeding certain elements you can have a main character the classic main character who is more than they than they actually realize um and a sort of adversarial uh buddy comedy well well buddy sort of relationship with the the local rich person's daughter who is there's something special about them as well as the story goes on but it does mix in um fantastical adventure um and uh, quite a bit of gore this is um it's not really so much you know uh family friendly this is a teen audience's book i think teen plus is that the way to say it now is that what is it was it there's the all ages and then teen plus uh, or things like that, okay. but there's yeah, certain, okay. um, hmm. people people get stabbed, ripped apart. There are um, there's one sort of uh, scene where someone runs into a cave. There's like, like there's a couple sort of, you know, they're being flirty and it, it, it's summer and they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere to have a bit of saucy fun, and one <laughs> of them runs into this cave and when the guy runs after them, um, all of a sudden bits of the person's body gets thrown at them. Um, in quite gruesome fashion before a monster appears out of the shadows um, yeah I, I just I loved this series when I was sort of reading it um, the artwork is just beautiful Connor, Connor Hughes you, it's interesting reading it on the digital seeing the difference from the digital to the print copy um, because I can see it's almost like I guess I didn't notice it when I was reading the digital and just sort of scrolling through the PDF but I can see the differences in line weights and how issues move on, you know, how an artist changes from issue one further on and, like, how they learn the craft of cutting back to show the essentials, as it were. Um, but it, I, I, I absolutely love it. I love the world of it. Um, there is... There's there's more of a world. There's a season two. I see on um, Scout Comics there is, like, an issue one of season two Okay. That I need to get my hands on. There was like a, a small um, spin-off, which was White Ash Presents Glarion, which was a character that was in one tiny scene of this uh, trade paperback, but she was just sort of like a, a Galadriel sort of character that seemed really, really cool and badass. And they just take that, you know, they did another story about her, which I, I also read, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I, if you if you haven't heard of White Ash. Go to scoutcomics.com and find out more because it is a, it is a great story to get hold of. And also purchasing like the, the digital through them direct because they don't go through... Um, I don't think they've done anything through Comixology and such. I don't. Th- I think a lot of their stuff is direct. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, hmm. e- it's easy to get PDFs from Scout Comics, of all of any of their, their books anyway. Um, and the quality of their stuff is great. They, they've got... A, I mean, there's a growing murderer's row of, of fantastic books. My only issue, I would say... And this is purely from a, oh, I love the book. I wish this was a little better. Um, it's a fairly sort of uh, basically printed sort of trade paperback sort of sort of print. And um, the cover and back cover, the wraparound cover, is sort of, it feels, it doesn't feel as striking 
as I think okay. it, think it could okay. be. It, I, it just feels okay. like a feels like a strange sort of. It's almost a print. It's like a wraparound that has like a couple of the characters on it. So not as noticeable on a shelf, you mean? That's no, I, I, think, I, I think yeah, the cover <laughs> itself, and I think I sent a picture on a WhatsApp to some of you. Yeah, I, it, that does that wouldn't stand out so much to me on the shelf. I mean, I look at a comic shelf every week, and I I hadn't seen it. Yeah. So it just yeah. shows, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how readily available this is to like the UK and Europe audiences, of, of course. Um, maybe it's one of those, you know, printer order kind of. On your scout, you usually have a comic shop. They're in previews, aren't they? And stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I just think, I mean, the art. I, I have no problem with the art that's on this cover. Uh, you know, it's, I, you know, it's definitely in my wheelhouse. Great stuff. But I think it, you know, there are some individual covers from the book that probably might have worked better, dare I say, as the cover, a bit more striking. Yeah. Um, but saying that, you know, this you can sort of um, order this if you search for White Ash or go to Scout Comics. Just try try out their first issue. Um, but I'm definitely on board for this series. It's just really cool. I think. I mean, I was sold on the artwork at first, um, but then as you're reading it, you just sort of you just get caught up in the story. It, you know, and it, like I say, it does feel like it feels so much like a TV show that I did. You know, you could think, oh, maybe this was an idea for a TV show, but they turned into a comic. But then, what makes me think that that might that isn't the case is that it's paced so well for a comic. It it feel it feels more like it's designed to be a comic, even though the scenario could quite easily be a TV show. You mean episode six that didn't drag out some boring backstory to plot out the series? You mean <laughs> no, no. Okay. Th- thankfully, uh, episode slash issue six is a wonderful ending to it. <laughs> right. um, although it does, um, there is someone. Oh, it's a minor spoiler. There was a great line. It finishes on a great line. It's sort of a, a dark scene, um, which it kind of it was a, it was a line, a bit of dialogue. That sort of reminded me of some of the great sort of nasty lines that Garth Ennis would put in a Punisher story. And there's <clears throat> there's a character who's basically there's this magical um, sort of dagger that when they stab someone, it's a training weapon. So when you get stabbed with it, it heals you up immediately. So but they're, okay. tor- they're torturing someone with it, so they basically they can just keep stabbing them and it heals up. And lo- it's a metaphor <laughs> for life, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but the line was: Some people say the kidney is the most painful place to be stabbed; others, the groin or the eye. I say, why limit our options? And I thought, oh, that's fucking cold. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, and that immediately made me think: Well, where's the second book? Not that I want to see someone get tortured, but that was just yeah. So high quality. <laughs> if, you want see, if you want to see someone get tortured, just watch the video of us recording this on a hot evening. I tell you, let's <laughs> get a copy of Red Room. Yeah. <laughs> oh god no 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 not if you want to sleep but that's mine so gents uh the legion of doom <coughs> the steiner brothers tag team away i don't know what that means but it sounds good a lot the, of people uh, do a lot of people do trust yes me. <laughs> we uh got revenger friendly fire yep it's like an assault on the senses isn't it t it's, yeah we got uh, sent through from warwick fraser coombe this week yeah kind of ours. we last saw him at lawless didn't we um i always enjoy talking to him i always find him quite refreshing outside of the sort of the twee world of comics but this um this goes there doesn't it D? it does yeah uh if <clears throat> in friendly fire i'm going to read from uh, down the tube synopsis in okay. friendly fire a 60 page graphic novel following the murderous rampage against organized crime 
was led astray by corrupt government forces who had subverted his agenda to their own ends. Roger Blandy, the psychotic and completely delusional uh, vigilante known as the Revenger, has tortured and killed a British member of Parliament and, and gone on the run. And that's where the book picks up, doesn't it? Where they're, yeah. They're, yeah. they're trying to hunt this uh, <clears throat> guy down. Uh, it's To me, it's like, it's, um, I mean, it's ex- very extreme, you know, which I liked. It's um, very um, action orientated. It's very violent. But it also, <clears throat> it kind of turns up realism in a way. It's very realistic, the characters he draws them. And I, I know, um, speaking to him previously, Warwick uses models who he draws. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it feels very grounded in a weird way to me. You yeah, I mean? it, I, I'm trying to find the kind of the, the, the correct way to kind of describe it. But that's got like a, a, a almost like a nightmarish quality to it because it feels real, but then surreal at times. It's like yeah, pushed so far. There's a satirical side of it. I mean, oh, the God, Revenger yeah. wears a fucking bucket on his head, yeah, and murders people at one point with a crowbar and a, like a, a window squeegee. You know, but he he sort of he's done these two injuries to this guy's head, and they're kind of <laughs> yeah. they look a bald guy and he looks like he's got two eye holes and a mouth slashed into his scalp and he starts having a conversation with them. Yeah, he sort of hallucinates he, conversation with this yeah. homemade gory emoji that he's created on the top of this man's bald head. But he's like, kind of like got massive, he's up suffering from PTSD, isn't he? The, yeah, the, the I think main so. character. Yeah. And he kind of at times sways between kind of completely losing himself and then getting on with his uh, perceived mission as it were. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, it, He's he's a he's a homeless guy, yeah. You know who who basically the Punisher would shit his pants if he came across him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it's... there's a, there's a, an extended torture scene. I won't tell you who or why or what happens, but fucking hell, do you know what I mean? Yeah, at one point, you're like Christ. <laughs> uh, he's he is just this ultimate person with nothing to lose. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's not much they can kind of. Uh... Yeah, take from him because he hasn't got anything left to kind of lose. He's, uh, but it starts off him kind of, uh, it's his daughter's birthday, doesn't it? And that's where yeah. he, he gets on the radar again. But not to spoil it, he flips on a phone to send his, his daughter a, a mes- message for her birthday. And then they start tracking him down from there, like blowing up. Uh, is it part of West East London? He, he, he turns, uh, no, it's West London, I think. West London, yeah, Hammersmith. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's kind of they're really going for him in this one. It's yeah, and he's he gets caught up in it, but you don't know who's real and who's not, and he does stuff that is just utterly bonkers. You know, I actually sent I'll talk because I had a little conversation with Warwick about it, and I, I messaged him saying you're a crazy bastard, but I loved it. I think it's the message I sent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm glad. I'm glad these this book's out there. I'm glad that someone is out there who's Who's doing like balls serving stuff up with like this? Ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the art in it reminded. I think I can't remember where we were on. We were recording or not, but I said reminds me a bit of a colorized version of Gary Spencer Millage. So then, the same way that Gary uses models and stuff to pose scenes and stuff, he, you can see that um, Warwick does that with his stuff. But there is there's a f- more of a fluidity to the action for me. I mean, I know mm. Strange Haven isn't particularly action oriented, but this is very action oriented. And there's a fluidity to it that you, especially the very extended torture scene uh, towards the end of the book, um, you know where everyone is, what is happening, who's who, and stuff like that, which I like about it. Um, it's it's a trip, man. It really is. 
yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of if you kind of like yeah I, I i'd recommend checking it out to be honest yeah uh, I, I really enjoyed reading it there's one character design that went as soon as i saw it i'm just scrolling through it for it now i was like it jumped out to me it was like the the shadowy uh policeman yeah the, so it appears in the shadow constabulary yeah yeah that's, yeah that's fucking great it's such a striking design he is with uh, the skull for the cat badge and yeah, stuff like that, and the, the big truncheon, and and he's like wearing the, the black uniform with like red trim. It was yeah, yeah, absolutely great stuff. And and the, and the good thing about that is, I mean, it's in a way, it's the um, the metaphor of the black dog over him, isn't it? Okay, you know, it's the yeah. it's it's this character who you don't know who can see him. You kind of think that only he can see him, but he's kind of this puppet master, stroke enforcer, you know, stroke metaphor for. PTSD almost, isn't it? You know, it's, it's a really interesting way uh, to tell the story. I've got to say, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but that whole, the, the black dog thing, I was completely, I, I didn't know that reference at all. Right. So where it popped up in all these people's work, I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that that represented uh, what it did. So uh, yeah, longstanding, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 The Paul Nash book um, from Dave McKean is, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. That's it's on the, the black dog is on the cover of that book. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so really much good. stuff makes sense now that uh, I guess I've I never come across it. I, I I don't know ignorance. I guess. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's just a metaphor, isn't it? But the it's it and it's a good price. This book. I read it. He sent it to us digitally, and we get some, we get sent quite a lot of books digitally that we read mm. um, and enjoy often, but not necessarily um, buy. Um, yes. Go and buy a physical copy, and I immediately bought a physical copy of this. Oh, I think, nice. Um, I think Warwick's doing stuff that. Um, no one else is in the UK. I, genu- I genuinely think it's he's doing his own thing. bloody edgy. It's really, yeah. yeah. There's some moments we haven't talked about it because I don't want to spoil it for people and there is some stuff in there that um, you would think, well, he went there. Because you, you messaged know. me and said, is this what he's done? And I was like, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah, it's... which I'll leave it to the reader to decide upon. But um, yeah, it, it's not for the squeamish, but then again, neither are we. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, if you go to Warwick Fraser Coombe, um, it's Kim is C O O M B E Warwick Fraser Coombe on big dot big cartel.com. It's only nine pounds. Yeah. There's no way you would look at this and the, the person who pick it up, not know what you're getting from the cover. Yeah. No way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you enjoy watching people being murdered with squeegees, which I do, <laughs> you know, but only people who deserve it, you know, um, yeah, as, as a young man once said to me, I carry a knife, but it's only for bad people. I said, well, that's fine then. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. And yeah. So anyone who stands up against me is automatically evil. So can <laughs> yeah. anyway. yeah. it's an interesting thing. The punishment of evil. I think it's a really interesting thing. And I was thinking about it when I read the new barbaric, which I know you haven't read yet. V of you, no. um, but it's a huge trope in that story is he can only battle people who've done something wrong. Mm. And because in this, the new issue, he only, he wants to kill a couple of people who are just slightly annoying because he's a piece of shit. That's the thing. It's, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a bad person forced to be a, to do good. That yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, but it's not, really but not in a Suicide Squad. Let's get around it and be quirky. He's just like a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, he's a force. He's a force <laughs> of nature, which is what the Revenger is as well. Yeah. You know, what Roger yeah. Blandy is. Yeah, he's he's just an absolute fucking force of nature, killing the the bad people because no one else will do it. And I think that's where Marvel miss out on the Punisher. They don't understand that. No. Uh, yeah. They, uh, um, but this yeah. is like the Punisher times ten. Yes. Yeah. Maybe what the Punisher isn't delivering up right now, uh, or has it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. You can get it from the Revenger. Revenger. Yeah. 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 From the UK small press scene. There you go. Yeah. 
good stuff. So there, so there you go. And what amazing things you you can get from the indie small press and seen all over the world. Mm. And uh, we hope that you have your eyes have been opened or ears have been opened to a lot of them. I don't know how to describe it. I guess we open their ears and their eyes follow. That's kind of yeah. what we do <laughs> every week. Cool, that was quite poetic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was down. lovely. Yeah, it's yeah, been yeah, actually nice. roller coaster this week. Have you yeah. found insights or Tom's questions uh, about the, yeah. the Middle Ages? Yeah, total, and then me telling the most off-color joke I think I've ever told him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's been an episode for the ages, but we have enjoyed every second of it, and we hope you have too. If there's anything upcoming you want us to talk about. Um, or if there's any events or maybe there's some comics based uh, charity fundraising stuff we always want to shout out about that so please let definitely us want to reiterate that if you've got a comics event and you yeah. want to spoke, tell please us do, because, yeah, do yeah. tell us yeah and we, yeah. we'll give it a shout yeah. out because, it, because even if you think it's a, it's a small event in a small place you never know who might be listening we're constantly yeah. amazed that anyone listens to this so <laughs> apparently <laughs> or, friends of Dave Sim listen so we're fine yeah oh, there you yeah. go um, but yeah please get in touch with us you can do it in several different ways you can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail.com if you do the twitter follow us on twitter at the awesome pod where we'll be posting all kinds of stuff retweeting comics positivity because that's what we want in this world yep. um, rather than all the all the other nonsense that's going on let's just share some good comics and recommend some stuff to each other so yeah follow us on socials there um, if you do the book of faces go to ba- facebook basefook Facebook, <laughs> uh, facebook.com slash awesome comics podcast there's the facebook group awesome comics talk which has a wonderful community of people as does the awesome comics podcast slack channel like we said earlier if you want to get involved on on there then get in touch with us let us know because it's full of creators from all over the yeah. world um taking part in whether it be drawing threads um selling book threads there's kickstarter threads there's all kinds of advice uh, feedback ch- yeah channels yeah. going on there so definitely and it's all for the positively positivity and love of comics which is why this show exists and thank you for listening to us and uh <laughs> all the whether it be the poignant moments the intriguing questions or the or the jokes that come out of nowhere within the first five minutes um you can <laughs> whether it's on the website awesomecomics.podbean.com if you listen to us on apple podcasts subscribe leave a review helps get a word out about the show and everything we talk about on a weekly basis we're also on other networks such as spotify amazon stitcher podnose podknife what other networks are we on tony we're on Pod. Pascal and Brian are suffering. Really? Are they extra vinegary? They're uh, they're pretty messy at the moment. Oh dear! Isn't this a callback from last week's show when we talked about testis- testicular temperature? I think we did. Yeah, yeah. I think about yeah, that yeah. a lot though. To be yeah. fair, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, every show there's usually a good amount of bollocks in it. Yeah. Um, Keep your balls cool. Keep your- <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and dip them in my dog, my dog's paddling pool. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a sight for the neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to bend down, do you, Tony? Yeah. No, they're like, it's like, <laughs> an old bag. It's, like a, it's like a bag of pennies now, my friend. I'm old. Just Tony's on that there. fucking space opera again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he is, he probably needs to see a doctor. Anyway, uh, where can people find us online, etc.? Tony. 
Um, neverironanything.com. Thanks to everyone, by the way, for buying Hidden Lives. There are still some issues left. Um, mm. I dropped off the first donation to Mind this morning. So thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, as I'm sure they will do. Fantastic. Brilliant. Uh, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic, and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. You can uh, find me on social media at Jester Diablo. Um, you'll probably find a link to a YouTube channel there in the next couple of days where you'll yeah, see my, my, my first attempt to try and GM an actual play tabletop role playing game. 18th of July yeah. uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So live. Is live tomorrow? It is live. Well, there's YouTube premiere today as we go live at 7.30. And after then, if you can't make it then, then it will be available yeah, on, on the channel then. Oh, okay. Oh, Monday, you mean, yeah. when you say today. Yes. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My audio doesn't sync up a little bit in the second half. There aren't you can't technical... see me, though, can you, if I'm watching? No. No, no it's fine. No. I like to cover up the webcam. You, you do the same, Tom, don't yeah. you? Oh, no. well, always. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> I mean, if they can't find you that way, Tom, where else can they find mm. you? They can find me uh, having a little cheeky drink while you guys are talking. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me online at uh, this chap led on Twitter. There you go, and you should and, pay uh, attention. You sounded quite yeah. sad there, Tom. You're yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry, you know, yeah, no, I'm fine. Say thanks to Tom for <laughs> doing the uh, the drinking yeah. tours, the oh, ECP. Yeah. Yeah, cool. always. No yeah, and thanks for coming on, man. I'm glad we got yeah. you on because uh, yeah. Dan said, "Oh, uh, Tom's a big fan of these comics." So I said, "Well, let's get him on." Yeah. I, will, so, I will actually say this, Tom. Say it. Without you, there would be DUI. There would be no DUI anthology. That's true. Oh, that's very yeah. Very kind of say, uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. While we uh, just turn the cameras back on and love each other up a bit for the next five minutes, we're going to say goodbye now. So, (laughs) wherever you are in the world, we hope you're happy, healthy. To me, be quiet. Don't go. Speak when you're spoken to, Dan. (laughs) Why is that ball gag out? Right. Okay. The, the picture we're painting no um wherever you are in the world um we hope you're happy healthy and doing okay um if you're in the uk for god's sake stay hydrated and take care of yourself in the next couple of days because it's going to be brutal and hopefully you've got ac or a fan going on i think every single one of us has got a fan in some way going mm. and hopefully mm-hmm. you didn't hear it but i don't think you did go back to no, the show fan. yeah um but <laughs> yeah we, we all that was love- a really shit joke sorry <laughs> God, Dad, come on, you're better than that. Um, but we love you very much, don't we, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom? Too much in some cases. Oh, my word. What about you, Tony? Don't get sucked into this, Tom. It's like bullying. <laughs> no, no, Tom's just a nice guy. Who lo- who just... I've got lots of shows. Who loves you know? everyone, apparently. Yeah. Oh, get on with it. Yeah. I yeah. love you. Yeah. <laughs> with, with all this love in the room... Have a brilliant week. Read loads of comics, make loads of comics. And as always, gents, here we go. Are we ready? What should they do this week? Stay awesome. awesome. (laughs) Fucking amazing. I don't know whether it's the heat, but that sound is spot on. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.